This is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, episode 29. I'm your host, Steve, at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Podcast Network. So welcome back once again, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. So uh, today's episode, we're going to be covering all, all of the matchups for week five uh, and then get into some listener start sit questions with a very special guest who will bring on in just a moment. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping off the top. I uh, just wanted to remind you all to uh, please subscribe to the IDP Guys newsletter. That will come into your inbox every Wednesday morning full of fantastic information, uh, as, well as, this, as well as the YouTube channel and on all your podcast uh, hosting services, Apple, um, Spotify, follow the IDP guys for, for this show, as well as all the other great shows uh, that, that will come out uh, multiple times a week. So be on the lookout for that. Would encourage you to subscribe. Uh, last thing, uh, someone in the IDP guys family uh, was hit really was hit really hard by Hurricane Ian. Uh, her name is Faith. Uh, she's an editor for the website. Um, so there is actually a uh, GoFundMe that was started. Uh, her house was destroyed uh, by the hurricane as she lives in uh, Southwest uh, Florida. There, she's okay. She she was able to get out of the area, but uh, her house uh, was essentially destroyed uh by by the uh, hurricane so uh in the link uh the, the link for that gofundme will be in the uh episode description so please check that out R read about the story and then donate if you are able to that would be uh phenomenal then after you're done uh giving to that great cause uh, i just want to remind you about uh bet us so i am an uh, affiliate for that for that website um and with my referral link uh th there's a very special um <laughs> there's a very special uh, deal that you get right now. So if you deposit $100, you will get back an extra $150 uh, to play with when you use my link. So if you are interested in that, please let me know. However, that's enough of the housekeeping for now. Uh, we're going to bring on our very special guest. He is a writer for uh, IBT Media, which is, of course, um, In Between Media. We're big fans of, of In Between Media here, the Fantasy Ladder podcast. Uh, he is a, he writes a uh, column called The Hard Bargain for IBT Media. And here he is. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Dave Fantasy. So, Dave, how you doing? Great, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to be here on a nice uh evening to talk about football absolutely absolutely uh so i'm, I'm just in generally curious here just gonna do a little like football speed dating here with you uh okay. we're just gonna go through some 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 quick questions here and then i want to hear some other questions about how you are handling the the fantasy football season uh, this year so uh just curious now uh what is your favorite nfl team the pittsburgh steelers since pittsburgh i was four steelers. years old yeah Gotcha. Now, uh, is your favorite college team the, the Pitt Panthers, I would take it? Uh, I've been a fan of the Pitt Panthers since I was probably in my early adolescence, you know, about 12 years old. I don't know that I really knew there was a University of Pittsburgh for a little while. <laughs> Once sure, I kind of sure. realized there was one, I started rooting for them. Uh, although for those folks who, who know me very well. I live in Boise, Idaho. I'm a graduate of Boise State University. And as a proud alum, that's my primary interest when it comes to college football. 
Boys perfect, perfect. I love that. Yeah, it's always a, such a fun team to like play with in like NCAA football because they got that awesome field and and I yeah. just think like it's just like really cool like like jerseys and helmets and stuff too. So that's an awesome. Uh, I always like. Um, we're watching them play. I, I always like low key uh, root for them during like bowl season and stuff. So that's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And for a while there, uh, Kenny Pickett was your avatar on Twitter. So uh, it has changed of course. Uh, and now it's just the picture of your very, very uh, uh, delightful beard and everything else. But uh, so I, I figured, well, there's a possibility he's a Steelers fan. Obviously he's a, he's a Kenny Pickett fan enough to have him to be his, his avatar of course. But, and when we'll touch yeah, on yeah. that in a little bit here, as he'll be uh, slated as the uh, starter for, for the Steelers officially now. So, um, but that's really cool. Uh, appreciate you coming on. So I'm just curious. Um, how many leagues are you playing in this year? Um, I am in three redraft leagues. Okay. Uh, six, like three true redraft, redraft leagues. Six dynasty leagues. Uh, and then three kind of unique leagues. I am in Scottish Bowl 12. Nice. I am participating in the Baby Bowl. Rob Norton oh, yeah. puts it on. Uh, Absolutely. And I'm also in a, in a guillotine league. I'm okay. sure you're familiar with guillotine leagues. So I'm playing one of those this year too. So that's awesome. Uh, so that's yeah, 12 leagues. Few, that's a pretty right? good amount. Yeah. That, yeah I think that's 12, a pretty healthy overall. amount. Yeah. And I got sure. in my dynasty leagues, two of them are IDP. So I get, you know, okay. I get into the IDP guys a little bit, you know, and I've got one Harry Potter themed league, which actually impacts the actual play. There are Harry Potter related things that can impact your scoring. Wow. And then I've got a Seinfeld themed league where there's no real, it doesn't change anything about the scoring, but it's everybody's team name is Seinfeld related. My team is called the Moops. Oh, there you go. And so, you know, it's, it's a fun league just for, you know, cause if you like Seinfeld, we just, Oh yeah, for sure. It. For sure. Yeah. I, I'm in a couple of themed leagues. Uh, the one is like, marvel versus like the office so like one division is all like marvel themed teams and the other division is all like the office themed uh but that's awesome okay. i know i know on on um mfl like on, on, on like my fantasy league you can you can really incorporate a lot of like unique like scoring systems and stuff so i guess that, that's where the harry potter stuff will, will come into play a little bit there uh maybe i'm not sure but it's imaginative they, yeah but they they got a few things in there with the Deathly Hallows, you can use the Sorcerer's Stone and things like that, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Boost your team a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. No, so I think I think that's a very healthy amount of leagues. Um, I'm in 27. Uh, all of them are like lineup setting leagues. So I'm, I'm, I don't do any best balls. Uh, I might I might consider it next year um, that the more I... Uh, I play in these leagues, not to make these like last minute adjustments, like, like, like with like Alvin Kamara last year or last week. Um, right. It makes me just want to do more and more best balls. That's just like a free advertisement for, for like underdog right there. Like you don't need <laughs> to worry about, uh, about the late out with like Alvin Kamara. Cause your lineup is just what it is, you know, but, but either way uh, I do enjoy like the lineup setting, but like 27 leagues, I, I just want to like pull my hair out someday. So I might need to cut back. I may need to come back next year. We'll see if there's any uh, of, of these like dynasty leagues i may be able to escape i'm not sure but uh, i do enjoy it so 12 leagues 
Uh, so like, what's your Sunday morning um, routine like? Do you kind of tinker your lineups throughout the week or do you could just kind of wait until like the last like 20 minutes before like the early slated games or what's that like for you? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a tinkerer. I would say uh, my Sunday morning routine really begins on Saturday night uh, because I go through every lineup you know, and, and set basically what I think I'm going to go with, you know, the following day. Uh-huh. Obviously, if there's an unexpected player who's inactive or something like that, you know, or players that, you know, even maybe we are expecting to be inactive, you know, you have to address all those issues. But basically, yeah, every Saturday night, I make sure I have my lineups tentatively set so that yeah. Sunday morning is not a complete madhouse for me. I'm just basically reviewing and making sure there's no changes I have to make. Um, although, unless I really want somebody on Thursday night, that baby bowl lineup uh, that you set every week, I, I usually do that on Sunday morning, you know, just kind of the whole thing on Sunday morning, figuring out who I'm most excited for in that particular week. And, and I'm doing yeah. okay in that league. I'm not, I'm not, threatening to win it but i'm doing all right i'm I'm having some good you know turnouts so that's good yeah i mean you you always want to in like a charity league like that it's good to know that like what you're playing for is something much bigger than yourself right like like, like scott fishbowl so you don't need like sweat these things out but like you still have like your pride of like wanting to win you know but uh but in a, in, in a in a league like that, it is just all for like the the uh, charities. At least the, the majority is, you know. Um, so it, it kind of eases the uh, decision making to a certain degree. But I mean, you still want to demonstrate uh, the, the the right way of, of approaching, you know, each matchup and and setting the best lineup. But yeah, um, yes. because I think I that one can't... has like funky. I think that one has like funky rules, right? Where you can only play certain guys certain weeks, or you can only play them. You can only play each player one week. So you have to set a seven-player lineup each week. Wow. You have to pick Aaron Rodgers on his best week, for example. You know, it's just a a (laughs) random one or whatever. But uh, a couple of them, you know, throughout the season, I think I've really hit on. I hit on Nick Chubb's big week. I played TJ Hawkinson this past week in week four Jeez, so. there you go yeah that was a good that was a good call <laughs> yeah like like the stars kind of aligned there right with all the missing yeah. players and well i mean it's still going to be high scoring you know uh, basically and boom there you go that's awesome yeah, yeah it felt call. like they, they needed a guy to step up to be the playmaker and you know and he did i talked about it i was on a show with uh our friend idp iggy on sunday and i talked oh, about oh, it there perfect. and so that made me feel cool. I talked about it and then it really happened, you know, not, not just really happened, but like to an extreme extent, you know? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. This, this was beyond my wildest imagination, but I thought he was going to have a good game. I didn't think he was going to have an all time game. Well, that's great. And so that, 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 that just sets the, the, the stage for, for, for the rest of the program here tonight, where we will uh, offer our advice for, for each of the matchups. But, uh, you know, I, I haven't exactly calculated the the hit rate of all the advice that has been given on this show, but either way, you know uh, that that Dave absolutely knows what he's talking about there. So that's that's fantastic. So uh, basically, we're just going to recap a little bit of what happened in week four. Like, really, we are just kind of focusing on, on the week ahead. But just I think it's still helpful to touch on on some of the big takeaways from week four. Um, what were what were some of your biggest takeaways from from week four? It could be either real life related or fantasy related. 
All right. Well, I mean, mo- most of them are fantasy related. My takes generally tend to be. Yeah. Uh, I would say one of my big takeaways is Jared Goff. It's related to the TJ Hawkinson thing we were just talking about, even without his, you know, primary weapons. Right. He it was wild and not always comfortable. I mean, obviously that game was a very chaotic game. I know a lot of <laughs> Detroit Lions fans were talking about this is the last straw, you know, during the game. And you know, the way it came out was just wild. But my daughter, I have, you know, twin seven year old uh, daughters and they're fantasy enthusiasts themselves. My daughter decided this is the week she wanted to get Jared Goff into the lineup for the first time. And although he's had a couple of good fantasy weeks before, but man, this was the right time to do it. She that's awesome. Paid off for it. So that's one of my big takes. Uh, DK Metcalf and that receiving average. Holy crow. 149 yards on just seven receptions. That's 21.3 yards per catch. That's he had a big day. He had a big yeah. day. Uh, on the kind of downside, I was a little bit worried about Jonathan Taylor. He did not you know, did not look good. I mean, he just kept getting bottled up every time, even though they kept giving him the, the rock. I mean, 20 carries is still good, but right. only 42 yards is discouraging. And then the fumble, of course, you know, uh, he has, he's been a little bit uh, perplexing for fantasy owners. I think, you know, he hasn't gotten a hundred yards since week one. Right, and no TDs since week one, I think, too, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds uh, right, off the top of my head, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that whole situation has been uh, extremely rocky, where I thought that that would have been one of the more steady, you know, spots across the league. Like, you think, oh, well, well the offense like is surely... <laughs> like, like, surely the offense is going to be better with, like, Matt Ryan in there rather than Carson Wentz, and they're just going to force-feed JT, and Michael Pippen's going to have a big, like, and, and, and Pippen has been great. But, I mean, like, you think, like, well, that defense is just going to keep them steady, you know, in, like, good uh, situations, and, and yeah, it has just been very rocky, uh, to, to say the least. Um, and then, of course... Taylor is not going to be uh, suiting up on on Thursday night, so that just is a whole another uh, thing to, to to think about. You think, oh well, perfect. I got my stud RB on a short week in a Thursday game, where sometimes like the running backs can can be a little bit more um, utilized. And uh, nope, all of a sudden he's not. He, well, I mean, he he hurt his ankle, but and, and it's bad enough that that they're not going to send him out on the short week. Right. So. Yeah, I think I think I think that that's a fantastic uh, takeaway because it's kind of like he's he's been kind of an interesting um, trade uh, target at this point. Like, just been a disappointing start. Now he's missing Thursday night. Could I get him for for something? And I don't know. I just think overall it's not as rosy as what it was going in. You know, so um, I don't know. It's like you still love the talent. You you know what he can. I mean, all it takes is one play, and and he'll make his fantasy day. You know, just, he's he's kind of like Saquon Barkley in that way. He can just have oh, like yeah. one massive play, and then and that's it. You know, uh, then the volume on top of that is is phenomenal. But but not if it's going like how it was last week. You know, it's very concerning. So I think that's a really good point to to bring up. And uh, yeah, I do I do like the DK Metcalf. Um, uh, recognition as well because i did not think uh geno smith was going to be playing to the level that he has been playing so that has been a really tremendous uh thing to see as well yeah gotcha yeah so just gonna touch on 
on on some of those other players uh, that that kind of st- stood out to me. Uh, some of the big studs of Week Four, of course, uh, included uh, Josh Jacobs, who had 144 rushing yards and two touchdowns, added on five catches and 31 yards through the air. T.J. Hawkinson, as you had uh, had discussed, uh, eight catches on 12 targets, 179 yards and two touchdowns. Awesome to see that. And then Austin Eckler yeah. had a what's that? I was just going to say, I saw that Davis Maddock had tweeted. In fact, I used it in my article on 4 for 4. Uh, that was the seventh highest PPR total ever by a tight end, what TJ Hawkinson did on Sunday. Holy cow. Well, there you go. Sheesh. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like pretty remarkable, but I mean, I figured, well, maybe like Kelsey has done something better than that, but I, I guess not. Or like Antonio Gates or something like, like back in the day. But wow, that, that that's really an impressive. all-time performance. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Then you had uh, Austin Eckler, who finally demonstrated what what he's able uh, to do there. Uh, six catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown with 60 yards on the ground and two additional touchdowns. So when he's being drafted as like a top half of the first round running back, that's what you're expecting. Like not week in, week out, but more often than not, that's what you're hoping for. And this has been uh, below expectation to this point. So that was uh, awesome to see. And then uh, no, Mike Evans no had the, in the first three weeks, three touchdowns in week four. <laughs> how do you how do you plan for this? I don't even know. No, it's nuts. It's nuts. But, but, but that's why you drafted him, because you know that he is capable of that. So that, that was like a real like monkey off the back of like a lot of like a lot of um, GMs here, you know, who are yes. like really sweating now. Like, what do I do with Eckler? But I think pretty comfortable holding him now um or 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 buying him you know if if you want to uh take a trade for who knows um mike evans caught eight passes on 10 uh targets for 103 yards and two touchdowns coming back from his uh missed game due to suspension so very happy to see him back in his old form some duds of the week so going on the opposite side now uh deontay johnson what was a pretty notable one for me only four targets two catches 11 yards Awful. Uh, Drake London, two catches on seven targets, 17 yards. Uh, maybe that's more of like a Marcus Mariota issue, uh, at least at least last that's, week. That's yeah. his worst week so far of his rookie season. You know, I mean, that's right. He's, he's been off to a decent start, you know, so, pretty good. Yeah, start, I really. mean. It, it kind of that that one kind of stands out to me because he was kind of like, well, he's probably a flex play, and then like going into week one, then week two, week three. Oh, you you got to start him, you got to start him. Then week four, just a really disappointing effort. So, uh, yeah. So so we don't like to see that. And then James Robinson got bottled up there in Philly, only eight rushing attempts for for twenty nine yards in the yucky and wet uh, game there against the Eagles. Uh, some bounce back games. We we got uh, Justin Jefferson caught ten of thirteen targets for 147 yards, like back to his old form after the after uh, the last two weeks that that have been well below expectation, and he had a rushing touchdown in there as well. Yeah. Was happy to see uh, J.K. Dobbins uh, get a 24 and a half point fantasy outing on only 50 percent of the snaps. So still coming back from 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 that knee injury that kept him out all year. But you're very encouraged if you have Dobbins on your on your rosters. And then of course goal Rashad Penny. Oh, the goal line. That, that's goal right. Line it was you know it's outstanding. You know it's nice to see that he got the short touchdown rush and the short touchdown catch, uh, which. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, normally that's like that's like Mark Andrews territory. That that's that's Lamar Jackson taking himself territory. So that was really great to see. Hopefully, he can keep that kind of a role. But ultimately, we just want him on the field more. So so we want that fifty percent snap that uh, snap share to increase as time right. goes on here. And then Rashad Penny had had the the big blow up game, uh, thirty three points uh, against the Detroit Lions. Uh, so definitely a good spot to have him in. And if you started him, you were rewarded, uh, even though he's been a little shaky as well. So we'd like to see that. Now, of course, uh, in week four, there were some uh, pretty bad injuries. Of course, we'll, we'll start with uh, Javante Williams. Uh, big, big sad face there. Uh, tore his ACL and, and LCL damage. Uh, so he's done for the season and probably early into next year already. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. You know, uh, we, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with that, but it's just a devastating uh, loss for him him obviously but also for the broncos and for for fantasy football you, you just hate when 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 stars of the game uh, go down especially a guy like him who just has all this promise um Completely. so we hate that then uh cordero patterson uh he, he will end up on ir being out at least four weeks and then tua had the uh second week in a row concussion and just the madness that that has transpired there in miami hopefully you know he doesn't get rushed back. Hopefully he's just okay. You know, like we, yeah, we just want these guys to be okay. And uh, the, it's the, a straight up scary injuries, story, you know, that's I right. Mean, yeah. the, the doctor ended up getting fired by the players association. Right. You know, he exhibited symptoms in both games that they, you know, term as no go symptoms, which mean like there's no way you're supposed to be able to get back on the field. If, if you've exhibited that symptom, in that right. game, which you know the the woozy stagger in the first game was was one, and then right. the, the clenched fingers, what they call the fencing right. syndrome, uh, was uh, I read a little bit about that after I heard what people were calling it the fencing syndrome because I wanted to like understand that, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's that's kind of scary. I mean, that is basically a symptom of like a fairly significant brain injury almost all the time. So that it kind of just gives me concern for his overall health as a human being, you know, nothing to do with football. I'm just worried. Like, is he well, you know? That's right. Yeah. It's, it, it's really um, kind of sobering, you know, to, to kind of see something like that happen. And then like, then these guys have to go back out there and just like finish the game. And this was like late in the first half. You got to still have another whole another half of football. I can't imagine it's easy to, to, to right. do that. You know, uh, watching one of your teammates, one of your, you know, someone who's close to you be carted off, you know, on a stretcher. Right. And with that kind of situation, how do you just go about like, okay, let's like, let's get right back into the game. You know, it's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be difficult, you know, for anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. You could see then, it on the um, face of Jalen Waddle, you know, as they were college teammates. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was yep. really, he he was he looked pretty shook up by just what what he saw, you know. Yeah, no, it's just a good reminder that like we enjoy football, we love fantasy football, but there is just so much more to it than just the silly nonsense that like we care about. You know what I mean? Um, so it's uh, so you just hate to see that kind of thing, uh, but but you just want these guys to be all right because we we do become fans of them, and now we just have to care about them more than just football players, which is what they are initially to us. But yeah, it's like human first and entertainer second. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, uh, ugh, that's horrible. Hate the hate to see that. 
on to more positive news. Uh, your boy, uh, Kenny Pickett, is now been named the, the official starter for the Steelers. Uh, my only question, and maybe you can maybe touch on this a little bit, is I'm just very curious how he will fare you know, against this really rough upcoming schedule. So this- week five, he's at Buffalo. Week six, he's home with against Tampa Bay. Then he's at Miami, then at Philadelphia. What, I mean, get, 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 getting through that stretch, what are your uh, expectations there for, for Pickett? It's a daunting stretch of the schedule. I mean, there's no way around that. You know, I mean, these are some, some of the better defenses in the entire league that he's going to be facing in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, if they could get through it at two and two, I'd be ecstatic. You know, I mean, like that, that would make me as a Steelers fan, like, just <laughs> feel like I'm really believing in something right now. I mean, the thing just, just about Kenny Pickett himself, the things that I really love about him is uh, I, I know that this is such a cliche and people hate hearing this thing, but he's got that moxie. You know, mm, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a winner's mentality when he's out there, you know, and you could kind of see it on the field on Sunday. You know, yes, he had his mistakes. He threw some interceptions. You know, a couple of those were off his teammates' hands. And one of them was, you know, a desperation Hail Mary at the end. You can't really put the 100% of the blame on him for any one of those three interceptions. But, you know, I mean, but either way, he's got to make find a way to get it to his teammates. You know, they were interceptions and that, you know, that's a problem. But No, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's that silly of a thing to bring up. Like, players' body language and their command of of the offense – I mean, you just see a lot of these quarterbacks that just look like dead fish out there. You know what I mean? Right. So if you have a guy who you can really rally behind and, and you know, if he can really be like a, if he can demonstrate good, like, um, like leadership qualities and really like elevate the, the, the entire just mindset of the offense, like it just was really uninspiring football with, 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 uh, with, uh, Mitch Trubisky, you know what I mean? So I I don't think it's silly. I don't think it's like a overrated thing. I I really think that that really does go a long way for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. It felt like there was a level of confidence that came onto the field with him, you know, a level of confidence for the whole offense, you know, that came onto the field with him. I mean, I'll tell you 100% that George Pickens was excited to see him out there. You know, the way that he was looking for Pickens and got him involved in the game. I can tell you that George Pickens was excited. Kenny, Kenny Pickett was on the field, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like the team is comfortable with him as, as the starting quarterback, you know, they feel like they can win with him. Now we're going to have to see if they will win with him, you know, but, that's right. Uh, yeah. But believing you can do it is the first step in doing it, you know? So, I mean, the, the the feeling that there is some confidence in this offense now after being very lackluster through most of the season to date, uh, that's encouraging as a fan, you know? And, and as a fan of, you know, University of Pittsburgh, I've been rooting for Kenny Pickett for several years, you know? So it yeah. feels good when your team drafts a guy that you already rooted for, a guy that you wanted to see succeed anyway. And, you know, I'm, I'm all in. I, I kind of believe in Kenny Pickett. You know, I know there's a lot of doubters, but I think he's going to be better than most people uh, expect. You know, I think he's going to be a solid starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. After the, the first few weeks that they get a bye week and then uh, New Orleans and a couple like kind of iffy ones, but then like the week 13 on, 
I, I don't want to call it, it's never cupcake, you know what I mean? But, but, but for fantasy purposes, it's going to be way easier uh, compared yeah, to the first four favorite. weeks here. So, um, you know, I think just he gets through these four weeks, minimizes his mistakes, you know, and just kind of builds off of uh, what, what he did against the Jets. You know, I, I think I think two and two would 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 be very good, um, but yeah, it's just a it's just a kind of brutal stretch to 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 begin right. your career with. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, realistic, realistically, they could go zero and four through those games, and I wouldn't be shocked. I'm just right. I'm trying to see the optimistic side of it. If they can split them, that's perfect. You know, we're playing some of the hardest teams. I mean, there's a good chance that. The Super Bowl champion is in one of those four teams. You know, that's I mean, right. Yeah, these are some of the best teams in the league. So, right. Uh, so yeah, I, I would if, if he can win even two of those, that feels like a, a victory going forward. You know, and a guy that oh yeah, that'd be huge. A guy that the whole city will rally around if that happens. You know? <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, he, he was definitely someone who was a big riser for me, like in, in my dynasty leagues, I was able to get him in a, in a number of, um, rookie drafts. And in some cases I, I was pretty aggressive in trading up to, to, to snag him in, in spots where I felt I, I needed a quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I, I have, I have a, I have a pretty good amount of, of Kenny Pickett. So I definitely have some, some, some rooting interest there, uh, just, just for the fantasy side of things, but. Yeah, I mean, you, you just want like the old Steelers offense back, you know, like they, they have all these great, great weapons there. And if he can bring a little bit more out of them than what Trubisky was able to, I think it would be more enjoyable uh, overall, just from a pure, pure uh, football standpoint. But yeah, so we got our eyes on uh, Kenny Pickett for sure. Then the last little note about week four, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, my Philadelphia Eagles, very excited to say that they remain the only undefeated team at this time. Uh, but I don't want to get too excitable or too ahead of myself, but it is still a fun uh, time of the season thus far. So I'm going to enjoy it while it's here. But, One of my uh, favorite things about this, <laughs> this start for the Eagles and for Philadelphia fans in general is uh the trepidation you know from the eagles fans like that i don't want to get too excited about this you know because y'all have been hurt before i get it you know but uh, that's right yeah but yeah it's uh it's kind of crazy because it's fairly universal about eagles fans they're like i don't know i'm trying not to get too you know <laughs> too up there i yeah i'm not an eagles fan personally I, I like watching the Eagles team that they've got right now. I'm a big Jalen sure. Hurts guy, you know, and in fact, I did a hot take, hot take article, you know, Seth at in between media asked us for some hot takes. And one of my hot takes was Jalen Hurts is QB one this year. And, there you go. You know, I mean, it's off to a reasonable start actually. So, uh, but yeah, I, I felt like he had everything he needed in place to take a huge jump you know, especially with the addition of A.J. Brown, but not exclusively with the addition of A.J. Brown. I mean, that's a solid offensive line in front of them. They've yep. got a running game that even if it is made up of, you know, a three-headed monster or whatever, you know, they get the job done. And especially, you know, he can get the job done on the ground. And Devonta Smith, you know, now, now not having to attract the number one corner every week is a huge advantage for him, you know, uh, Dallas Goddard, obviously, there's just a lot of there's a lot to like about that offense, you know, and which is why I felt like he had a really good chance to, you know, move forward this year. And yeah, I I 
feel good about the Eagles, you know. I mean, I, I kind of think you Eagles fans are being a little bit too cautious. But, you know, I think they've got a yeah. really good chance. Uh, defense is pretty good, too. I think they've got a good chance to go places this year, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, it's just when that overconfidence comes out, that's when the rug gets pulled out. So we just, we, we just want to – I can't speak for every fan, but but for myself, just being a general Philadelphia fan, uh, just the, expe- the expectation management is just so critical to your enjoyment of the season and, and of the game. But but so far, so good. So I just, I just had to throw that in there because I am a, uh Eagles fan. But we are now going to be uh, going through the entire Week 5 slate, uh, just kind of going yes. over which players that we think should be started, which players we think should be sat, and there could be some like in between. Like last year for, 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 for the IDP guys, I wrote a start sick column where I sort of classified each of the players into three categories. I went um, players you trust players you can start if you must and then players who I think are going to be bus. So very clever. I like it. In the in the if you must category, that could be like some of these leagues we play in where there's like multiple flex leagues. So if it's like a really deep multiple flex type of a league, that's where you could kind of throw them in there. But if we're talking about like just two running back, two wide receiver, one flex, probably not going to be looking at them there. So there's a little bit of nuance with that. It's not, I, I hate the, the black and white of everything these days, but because there is a lot of nuance to, to a lot of things. So we're just going to go through it. However, we're able to here. We don't have to stick to that, but that's just how I think about it sometimes. So, all right. Perfect sense. Yeah. For sure. So starting off. Oh, so, so the order we're going to go in here are the primetime games. We've got Thursday night football, the Sunday uh, London game, Sunday night football, Monday night football. Then we'll do some listener okay. questions and then uh, go through all of the Sunday uh, games that are remaining. So let's just kick things off with uh, with the Indianapolis Colts at the Denver Broncos on Thursday night. Big headline here is that there's no Jonathan Taylor. We kind of touched on that a little bit ago. Um, Matt Ryan, I think, could still be implemented as a super flex. He's been really up and down, so that still is kind of a tough call, um, even as a super flex uh, Michael Pittman, obviously you're starting him as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mo Alley-Cox is kind of an interesting tight end play. Um, really kind of an if you must, though, just because tight end is just so horrifically disgusting this season. <laughs> Unless you have like Travis Kelsey and you just don't need to worry about a thing. It's just very up and down, like these big like swings of or, or like Mark Andrews. He's another one where you just are never going to not play. But a lot of disappointment, yeah. right? Like like Darren Waller, what was very disappointing. George Kittle just yeah. isn't quite what we are thinking. Of course, Kyle Pitts, you know. So I think Mo Ali Cox is kind of an interesting one, but I think the real question mark is with this backfield. So can we trust Naeem Hines as like an RB2? Because it, it's kind of it's kind of iffy if you want to put a Thursday night player in your flex, even though Hines, I think does fit that mold uh, to certain, to a certain degree, you may need to get him up into your RB two. Um, what did you do? Do you have any thoughts on, on the Colts offense uh, outside of Pittman? Is there anyone that you would feel supremely confident starting? I do kind of like Hines in this lineup, you know, or I mean in this matchup rather, because we know there's not going to be any Jonathan Taylor. And I think they're going to get away from trying to run the ball as much as they otherwise would. You know, I think that we'll probably see Matt Ryan putting the ball in the air. And I think kind of the game script will, will dictate that because I do 
expect the Broncos to take the lead early and, you know, have the Colts be kind of trying to play catch up most of the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, one of the things, I mean, not specifically related to the Colts, but just, it, this feels like a game where everybody's hurt. That's what I wrote down in my notes. I'm like, who's healthy in this one? You know, I mean, there are so right. many injuries. So I think that's going to play a huge uh, role in the outcome of this game is all the players that are missing with injury. The, you know, each team's starting tailback, obviously <laughs> red starting running back, obviously, uh, that's but right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keel Leonard is going to miss this game, and he's a that's right. Yeah, pretty significant force on that Colts defense. So I mean, it's weird to say it, but I feel real confident about the Broncos in this one. You know, I feel like they're definitely going to win this game. Yeah, no, I, I completely forgot to mention about about Javante Williams there. I mean, I mentioned him a little while ago, uh, obviously, yeah. but uh, yeah, so so no Taylor and, and no Javante Williams on the the rest of the Broncos offense. Uh, you got Russell Wilson, who again has been a little bit up and down. I think you can still use him as a super flex option. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, what, what, what's your take on, on the Melvin Gordon and and uh, Michael Boone uh, situation there? Do you think? Boone is well, just going to kind of, yeah, what, 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 what's your thoughts on that? I think it got a lot messier today with the Latavius Murray signing. And actually, that's oh, one of my long yep. shot little moves. Uh, uh, if you if you like to do player props and stuff, uh, Latavius Murray is an anytime touchdown scorer is a fun one this week. Oh, know? okay. All right. I think he might get some goal line work, you know? Uh, so I think he's got a decent chance to do that, but. I don't know. You know, I mean, it seems, it feels like it should be Melvin Gordon with the largest share of the work in the backfield. Yeah. I I can almost guarantee you that all three players are going to get their chances to touch the ball. But I think that, you know, Melvin Gordon should, should get the most work, but the ball security issues, they have to be a concern, right? We can't ignore that. You know, I mean, he's fumbling he's fumbled the ball five times in his last 44 carries that's a lot of fumbles you know so yeah it's really if he can't get that under control he might not end up with the largest share of that workload so yeah, it's uh, it it seems like just so simple to slot them in, but there are legitimate concerns. Like, like you said, like like is the coaching staff really going to even trust them to give them more than however much of you know touches a game? You know, so it actually right. uh, it might be like like a fool's gold situation if you were just gonna just blindly uh, throw them in. But I think there are reasons to start him and then reasons had to be a little iffy so he might be, be like an if you must for me i think if judy and Cortland sutton are healthy i would feel comfortable starting them in in this matchup um i think judy is uh currently questionable so just keep an eye on that obviously uh leading right. up to kickoff but i definitely think uh Cortland sutton is a full go uh start him where you got him oh yeah i i feel really good about the wide receivers in this game and i actually feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not telling you to, to start him or even consider starting him, but I think this might be where Albert O starts to get a little bit more involvement in the offense mm. this week. You know, uh, I'm not, you know, I, I'm a long way from recommending him as a fantasy play, but I think he might actually get, you know, a few more targets and, and have a role, especially because, you know, the running game is going to be impacted by Javante Williams being out, you know, and they might want to use a little, 
over the middle passing action to the tight end to sort of uh, make up for that, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's just it's just a rough one because I think he only had. Well, I don't think he had a single target last week. It was either he had one target or or only like one snapper. It was like ridiculous how how really little bad. he. Yeah, how he was implemented uh, just last week, but it seems like how could they not play him? But I'm not Nathaniel Hackett, you know what I mean? Right. So, so it's like who the heck knows? But uh, but no, I think I think to your point, it's definitely a good. He's a good player to keep an eye on, you know, to see how he's implemented in this yeah. Thursday night matchup without Javante Williams for sure. I'm with you there. So now we got the early morning uh, Sunday game in London. We we got kind of a tricky one here. We got the New York Giants against the Packers. I think uh, the Packers are just in a spot to just completely crush them as far as I'm concerned. Outside of Saquon Barkley, I don't think you can feel comfortable starting any Giants player. Um, even Daniel Jones, who, who did a, had a decent game on, on the ground. You know, he only had like 70 passing yards, but he got the two... Um, rushing touchdowns there. Uh, I'm not starting him, not with the available wide receivers, which I think we're just down to like David Sills at this point. It's, it's really bad. Uh, many players, the many fantasy managers have literally never heard of are going to be the only <laughs> that's right. Giants wide receivers available. So it's, yeah. it's a little bit scary out there. <laughs> I just can't help but not start Saquon Barkley. So I'm going to be rolling with him. I just think they're going to just have every opportunity to just get his hands on the ball in this game, even though it's still a tough Packers defense, but you, you just got to start your studs in this case. Uh, then on the Packers side of the ball, it is kind of an interesting one because they're, Wide receiver core has been a little bit all over the place, but Alan Lazard has been coming on um, as of late, and 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 Romeo Dubes and um, and even Christian Watson had, had the rushing touchdown last week. Uh, any of those wide receivers you would feel comfortable starting in this matchup? Comfortable is not the right word, but yeah. Okay. Who, okay. Who is the Packers wide receiver one? Was one of the things I wrote down as my notes for this game. You know, who, perfect. Yeah. Who is really Aaron Rodgers' chief target at this point? Um, I still feel comfortable starting Aaron Rodgers himself, you know, okay, I feel like, sure. you know, he's got the, he's kind of got the, the car back on the road, if you will, you know, and, uh, yep. and he's still Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's been the back-to-back -back NFL MVP for the last two years. You know, it's not like he forgot what he's doing out there. He just <laughs> has a much, much less reliable group around him. But, right. uh, but I still, yeah, I still feel like he's startable in fantasy football. You know, I'm I'm not suggesting he's going to be a top 5 quarterback or anything this week, but I feel like top 12 is definitely uh, a real possibility and and you know. Yeah. You you might regret having him on the bench particularly in this game because I don't think the Giants defense is really that good. Even though they've kind of looked good this season in stretches, I don't I don't really believe in it. I don't really believe in this Giants defense. So I think he might have himself a nice little day in a, you know, unique uh, slot. It's not really prime time per se, but, you know, it's an isolated game where it's the only it's one. It's an island on, game. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so I think he might have himself a game when the whole world's paying attention 
you know. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like you're you're happy to to have Alan Lazard and and Dubes and some of these guys on, on your bench, you know. But but do we really want to throw them into our lineups? I, I I tend to agree with you. Probably not in this particular week. Uh, however, the running backs, I would feel much more comfortable starting here. So Aaron Jones, I'm firing him up everywhere I have him. Um, and AJ Dillon, who's kind of like a borderline flex play a lot of weeks, or like a zero RB, like RB two kind of a guy. Uh, I think you could feel pretty confident starting him this week as well, hoping, of course, he he gets a touchdown, which, of course, uh, is very possible in this matchup as far as I'm concerned. Any differing thoughts on the Packers running backs? No, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm bullish on Aaron Jones. Like, I would absolutely start him everywhere you get the chance to. But, yeah, I'm also really comfortable with A.J. Dillon this week. Uh, in the In the flex spot is, you know, preferable, but if he's your second best, running back option that's not the worst that situation you could be in so gotcha moving on to sunday night football we have the cincinnati Bengals at the baltimore ravens uh what should be a very exciting game here um I kind of want to say start all your Bengals and start all, all your Ravens to a certain degree, right? Um, kind of like borderline guys like Devin Duvernay, I think are just kind of good to have on the bench. I'm not probably ready to start them unless I'm like super Fair. duper desperate, which we really shouldn't be in that kind of situation in week five. We're not really into the bio weeks yet. We're not in, like deep into the woods there, but he would become uh, an interesting player when those weeks approach. Um, Bengals. Oh, yeah. So Bengals, I'm starting Burrow. I'm starting Mixon, Higgins, Chase. Uh, even Hayden Hurst is kind of like in that Mo Alley Cox territory where he's kind of like, if you need someone, if you're like the Cole Komet drafter and you're just like, want to pull your hair out, you know, um, he could be an interesting option there in that game. Uh, also questionable. So keep, keep your eye on him. Like everyone's questionable this week. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Even in this game, you know, I, I was just looking at the injury report. Higgins and Hurst, both questionable. For the Ravens, uh, Bateman and Dobbins, both listed as questionable. Right. So, and I mean, everything that I, I kind of looked over it today, you know, especially for this game, like, are these guys really going to miss? You know, and everything I see, it looks like they're all trending towards playing. But, you know, it also deserves some attention you got to keep your eye on that because this is the late game you know you don't want to take you don't want to take a big risk if you have somebody you could use earlier on sunday uh you know i mean it's a fantastic point you make you know because you really have to consider well if if this guy doesn't go and i have no one to play on monday night like that really is 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 like the nightmare (laughs) you know what i mean so yeah um Yes, yeah, sometimes you have to make those uh, tough calls, but I'm really glad you brought that up because um, that's always a, something that just lingers every single week that uh, you know you just don't want to always account for. But yeah, hopefully we have more clarity on on Saturday and not yes. all the way up until yeah. Sunday morning. But uh, yeah, either way, a lot of questionable guys. For sure. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Then obviously uh, on the Baltimore side of of the ball you're starting lamar jackson you're never not starting lamar jackson uh, same sure. thing with mark andrews um i think dobbins i would feel comfortable starting you know based on what we were able to see out of him last week um i would as long as it's clear that he's good to go i i would feel right. comfortable with him in the lineup um bateman i'm not so sure about um you know he did a he had, some, had a lot of production on just very 
few opportunities, which is just kind of interesting. I thought it'd be the opposite. I thought he would get like a lot more targets than what he's gotten so far. So that's been kind of an interesting uh, development to see. I obviously love the talent, love to have him on, on the roster, but don't know if I would feel great about getting him into again, one of these like singular flex spot leagues, multiple deep flexes, you know, Perhaps, you know, as long as he's good right. to go, but really just don't feel great about that until we understand that he's fully healthy and is being incorporated into the uh, offense. He feels like a good fit for the if you must category that you described earlier. You know, if, if you're sure. really if you're really down at wide receiver, you know, I, I wouldn't say this is a terrible start. But, yeah, I there, it's likely that you've got better options is all I'm saying. It's likely oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the the wide receiver position is like super scarce. I mean, there's just an ocean of guys right. you you could you could sure. throw in there. Um, you know, even like even like 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 a Tyler Boyd in the same matchup. You know, it's like if if you have both of them and you're kind of like not sure. I mean, maybe Boyd is a better way to go. It just may, may seem a little safer. You lose a little bit of ceiling, perhaps. You know, but you know it's better than than getting nothing. You know, or not, you know what I mean. So. Um, I Very do have much. the slightest bit of pause to all of this, though, just because, you know, as a Steelers fan, this is an AFC North dogfight, you know, game. The winner of this is going to be in the driver's seat in the division right now. Mm. And a lot of times those games do tend to be a little bit lower scoring than you may expect, even when the offenses are pretty good. You know, they just sort of find a way to to stop one another. So yeah. I'm I'm not at all changing any of what we just talked about. You know, I mean, I'm still feeling comfortable starting who we just talked about starting. But in the back of your mind, you might want to, you know, consider that. Just temper this expectations. Might not, this might not yeah. be the best, the, the absolute best week for all of these guys. You know, this, that's right. Prob- probably like, nobody's setting their season high this week. You know, is what I'm saying. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I do like that grounded approach. You know, it's like not every single game is going to be Ravens against the Dolphins from like two weeks ago. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, no, it, it is true. In in these division matchups, like it could just be kind of ugly because they just know each other so well. And even though like the uh, the, the the adjustments are, are as high as ever in these games because it's a divisional matchup, you know what I mean? And yeah. and they just mean all the more for the, the playoff seating, you know, and everything. I mean, we're still kind of early, but you said, you know, whoever wins this game is definitely in that driver's seat for sure. For, they're going uh, yeah, sure. to take early control of the division. You know, and, yep. and, and then just having said that, the, this Baltimore – secondaries and shambles right now so it's a really good <laughs> chance that, that cincinnati's gonna just carve them up so yeah. very very well could be the case but um yeah so i think i think that's good we are excited about these games but might want to pour just a little bit of cold water on it uh for sure for sure Okay, then uh, the, to, to end the week, it'll be Monday Night Football, Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs, another one of these AFC West uh, matchups that we were all very excited about coming into the season. And then some of them have just been kind of like, eh, you know, nice. um, the, the I think the Raiders finally got their uh, first win last week. Is that right? That they, they, they do they have did. a win officially now? They're That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and then not the start to the Josh McDaniels uh, uh, era that, that that they were hoping for, I'm sure. But you know, the, the, this game could 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 be very exciting here in Kansas City. Uh, it could I think it should have you know a lot of scoring potential. 
Um, Patrick Mahomes is still doing his thing, you know, without Tyree kill, obviously you're starting Mahomes. obviously you're starting Travis Kelsey. Um, I was so like Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been kind of an interesting player here because I was a little hesitant to start him last week against Tampa Bay to just knowing how, how good that defense is. And then he just does not slow down from, from what he's been (laughs) able to do, even with like a a lesser amount of like snap share than, than what you would, uh, you know, um, anticipate. So I, I, you got to keep starting them as far as I'm concerned. Um, Tough not to, for sure. That's right. Especially at the end of the week, it's like you really don't want to exhaust all your options when you have a really juicy matchup here against the Raiders and then still part of of this uh, Chiefs offense. Um, It is a little – where I do have some question marks is within the the pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey. So – can we start Juju Smith-Schuster? I don't know. I mean, it's like a- a- any given week that these guys can can do quite. Oh, well, I don't want to say like these guys are they're, they're they're not all the same, obviously. But I think the big one is like Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, can we rely on him as like our our anchor for the week? Playing at, at the end of the week here again, like like the point with Bateman with all these wide receiver options. Do 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 we want to trust him? Uh, where do you fall on that? No, I, th- I mean, I think all three of the Chiefs wide receivers that you, you might be tempted to start, uh, they're all very risky. You know, it's hard to trust any of them. I'm 100% with you that, you know, Juju is probably the one you want to start the most. But, like, when you look, you know, on basically whatever fantasy site you're playing on and you look at the projected scoring, you know, guys like MVS and Nicole Hardman are always being projected for more than they've done so far this year. So like the, <laughs> right. the, the websites, the, the, ser- you know, the services, the fantasy sites are being uh, optimistic about them, but it's not really like coming to pass yet. So I don't want to start a single player in the passing game. That's not Travis Kelsey. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. if you consider CEH in the passing game, I guess that's, that's fair too. But uh but yeah, yeah, I mean, primarily pass catchers. Uh, I don't want to start anybody except Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's still great. I think I've been, I said it when the season started, and I still think there's a good chance this ends up being his best statistical season because they just need him to, you know, carry the load. So, uh, yeah, it should be like much more of a funnel, like towards him, you know, without the threat of like a Tyreek Hill, unless. Yeah one of those wide receivers is able to really like separate themselves from the pack to be like incorporated the way Tyreek Hill was. I I just don't know if that's a possibility to be honest with you, but um, it would be, it, it would be fun. Like it right, now. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with you. I think you're, you're happy to have guys in the, in this offense, but uh, definitely not uh, super confident rolling them out. Again, at this point where we still have all of our options, we're not in the bye weeks yet. I mean, you, you could be dealing with some injuries and stuff. Like if you're like a if you're if you have like Keenan Allen or something and you're just kind of dreading having him, you know, not not play, well then maybe, you know, Smith Schuster isn't a bad like fallback there. But definitely won't feel super great about it, uh, for sure. Now and on the, again, on the Raiders, you're gonna know by Monday night whether or not, you know, if Keenan Allen didn't go, then yeah, you're gonna need to start, you know, Juju, but that's right. But, uh, yeah. That's a, That's the one bright side of it being the last game of the week, you know, you're only going to start these wide receivers if if you really have to. If you didn't have a better option on Sunday, you know. So 
That's right. And and I think that that same thinking has applied when um I've considered like DST streamers is like a little bit of a, like a tangent. If there was like a solid Monday night matchup uh, with, with like a defense, I know two weeks ago I was recommending like the, the, the Cowboys as a streamer. You might not yeah. have even needed to start them if you already had your game locked up, unless your like league is like you get bonuses for like total points you force or whatever, you know. Um, but but in some cases you might not even needed to use that 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 DST to have the risk of like losing points, right? Um, right. So so that that's always is another thing to think about. But again, I I always kind of like to have those those anchors of like the final matchup, you know. Um, I was I was uh, sweating some bullets uh, th- this last week in like my longest running like home league. Um, I was only up six going into the Monday night game, and my opponent had Allen Robinson, so I was really sweating that out. But I I survived and I advanced. You know what I mean? But oh man, so that was a little scary, being on that side of it. But if you're on the other side, oh surely like they can get six points worth. But now it was only like three and a half. It was like oh. On Monday night, though, it's nice. My my daughter oh, yeah. uh, was in a ridiculous situation on Monday night. She had a fifty-two and a half point lead plus George oh. Kittle. Oh wow! But she was going against Debo Ayuk, Allen Robinson, and Tyler Higby. The other person oh. had like four people in the in the Monday night game, uh, and it we sweated it right down to the end. She ended up winning by like six and a half points. But that's oh it, my goodness! Know? So I mean, it got. Real close. Yeah, <laughs> real close. he was just yeah. getting like force fed there. Yeah. yeah he oh my got gosh. So many passes, and it's a PPR league, obviously. So that's what you know I've... made it a little bit more nerve wracking. And then when Debo took off with that fifty uh, something yard touchdown, that was basically just a short little pass, and he just took yeah. it to the house. We were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like trip, trip. You know? No, oh, my goodness. Oh, it's crazy. Oh man, it's such a fun sweat you know what i mean it, it's such a it's such an odd amount of stress for a little child to have to live through you know right, but, right. but it is so much fun though oh my gosh that's crazy now on the on the on the raider side of the ball i think this is a pretty clear-cut uh set of players to to start and not start as far as i'm concerned i think Derek carr is still like a borderline like single qb league uh play here obviously a, a super flex I, I would feel very confident in that but definitely borderline uh for 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 single qb leagues josh jacobs just kind of going off of the explosion of of week four what would feel very confident uh continuing to yeah. roll him out uh Devontae adams i can't imagine you're benching him and then darren waller who again we all know what he's capable of but has been a little bit disappointing at, at this point um if i have him i'm starting him i'm just i'm kind of like stubborn like you that i just can't not I can't not play the guy who can get like 120 yards and a touchdown any week you know what i mean um you feel any differently about about those guys? No, not at all. And and you know the Waller one kind of hits home. I don't have a lot of Waller, but I've I've got a few, maybe a few more shares than I wish I had of Kyle Pitts right now. But yeah. I, like I'm I'm rolling him out this week again. You know, I mean, you have to. You know, especially I'm just, I'm, where I drafted. I'm just going to ride the wave. You know, it's just you know you you unless you have an insane replacement that you can swap them out with, but that's yeah, just, it's really totally legit, but yeah. Who would you I, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I just feel like you, you're going to be more 
angry and disgusted with yourself if you don't play him and he does well than if you just slot him in and, and he disappoints. You know what I mean? Like I just it's just a move I can bring myself to make. Um but yeah, the 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 last player in the Raiders offense uh that, that I would just kind of say to keep an eye on is Hunter Renfro. Obviously not not the best start to the year and he's dealing with a concussion as well. Um I think he's questionable at this point, but definitely not a guy you're starting yet. Uh but Definitely want to see him be incorporated into this offense more moving forward. Um, but just want to touch on him for just a second. We not are a, now not a position we talk about a lot, but also on the Raiders. If you've got Daniel Carlson, you're probably feeling pretty good. If you're if you're in, mm. if your league includes kickers, you're probably feeling pretty good about Daniel Carlson. He's Absolutely. had a stellar year so far. He's off to a really good start. So. Yep, basically just picking off where he left off uh, last year. Yeah, so yeah, yes. he, he was one of those like kickers that was like worth like reaching for. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you yeah, did like, in the last round, he's a guy to target in the fifteenth round or something, right? Uh, absolutely. So we're now going to go through some listener questions. So of course we are very grateful for everyone who asks, and we hope that we can help you through these uh, lineup decisions. Ultimately, you're going to be the one who's pressing the, the lineup submit button, but we hope that we can help you sort of narrow down and uh, refine your process when you go through these uh, decisions that you have to make. First question comes from at Dynasty Santa. Of course, he is a friend of the show. He's, he's Mr. Do-It-All at, at IDP, guys. Now, he asks to pick two between uh, Damian Pierce, James Robinson, and Aaron Jones. Uh, what do you like between those three, uh, Dave? If you had to pick two of those, who, who, which two are you going with? Golly, so, so we got Aaron Jones, James Robinson, and Damian Pierce. Those are all like three guys I'm excited about right now. Absolutely. Uh, however, if I had then, and this is going to sound so weird to say, that if I had to sit one of those, um, we're starting two. Am I correct? Yeah, pick starting two of those. Two of yeah. Okay. So what I'm really doing is picking the one to sit, and it's going to be Damian Pierce. Not because uh, I'm down on him right now. I mean, he just came off the best game of his career, you know, to date. Obviously, it's a young career, but, I mean, he kind of went wild. He had a big day with 131 yards and a touchdown this past Sunday. Yep. Uh, but here's why I'm not going to start him, and this is the part that I was mentioning is going to sound weird to say. That Jacksonville run defense looks pretty stout right now. I mean, they actually look pretty good against the run. Uh, yeah. I didn't really expect to, to believe in Jacksonville's defense this much, you know. Uh, I'm I kind of am impressed by the whole team overall, you know. I oh, yeah. feel like this is a team that's going to be a lot better than, like, the worst team in the league, you know, last year. And I've been, you know, telling some of, some of the people that listen to me that, you know, I think they could end up with, seven wins i would that wouldn't shock me you know uh but i expected it to be much more offensive driven i didn't think the defense was going to be this uh impressive but yeah right now it's it's a fairly imposing defense they've done really well with the exception of maybe last week against philadelphia but that's it's a difficult offense to handle so i kind of give them a little bit of a break there and also you know the game situation, turning the ball over so many times, just giving it back to Philadelphia. What do you expect the defense to do? You know? Yeah, so. I think um I think you could look at that game as a little bit of an outlier. Like the Eagles Russian attack was 
I think the top of, of the league last year and looking like that again this year, really good offensive line, sloppy game in the rain, everything else. But again, like the turnovers also didn't do the defense any favors either. So I think you can kind of look at that as like a negative outlier for sure. I'm in agreement with you. I'm, I would also be sitting Pierce of this group as well. So uh, I had, James Robinson and and Aaron Jones to start. Of course, James Robinson is in the same game here against Pierce, so uh, the the Houston That's defense is not as, as intimidating. Hundred percent. <laughs> and then we already touched on on Aaron Jones, who could be in just an absolute smash spot against the uh, Giants there in London. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't sit Aaron Jones right now. He's just he's doing too much. There's no way to. You'd have to have just amazing running backs to even think about <laughs> setting it down. That's right. He's just going to be like line up cement for me as far as I'm concerned, unless he's injured, oh. which well, he isn't right now. So, yeah. So I think we will help uh, Steve out there uh, at Dynasty Santa. So make the right decision there, Steve. All right. Next one is uh, coming from Axton, who was on the show last week at Harding underscore three. This is for PPR and for tight end premium. Okay. Oh, he's okay. he's uh, debating Antonio Gibson against the Tennessee Titans or Gerald Everett against the Cleveland Browns. So I think this is a really interesting question. Um, the Washington running game has been um, disappointing the last couple of weeks. And Everett yeah. has just been like a has just been like a target machine here, especially with, with Keenan Allen out. I think I'm going with Gerald Everett here. Uh, do, do you feel any differently between the two? No, I think I think I'm with you. Actually, you know, I mean, the matchup against Cleveland is—it's eh, not the absolute best, but it's still a fairly favorable matchup. You know, I feel like uh, he has been obviously getting some serious targets lately, and like you say, that's that's more than just partly due to Keenan Allen being out, but. As long as they're going to involve him in the offense, you know, and he's going to get five, six targets, maybe even more. It's a tight end premium league too, you know, so you got to kind of hold that into account. It's worth more when he catches the ball, you know. And, yeah, no, and they like, I, yeah, and they like targeting him around the end zone. You know, they've they've done their best to try and get him a few red zone targets here. So they're always always looking at the chance of a touchdown, you know. Yeah, and I have been encouraged by how um, Herbert has looked. Well, at least last week it was a little iffy against Jacksonville from from two weeks ago after the after the rib injury. Right. Um, so no, he, that, he looked I, more comfortable last week by far. Absolutely. Yeah. So so that is just another sort of a, a an uptick here for 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 Everett. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just. Gibson does get work in the passing game, but, but not to the degree yeah. of like a, of like a JD McKissick would. Uh, so that kind of limits his like target upside for sure. Um, but I think it's the tight end premium aspect here that is making me lean Everett seems like it's well, the same and, for you. Yeah. And albeit maybe a bit of a long shot. I mean, Brian Robinson is going to be eligible to play this week. So, I mean, he, I don't know that he's going to be ready, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think, um, so. Yeah, I'm not sure if it would benefit the team to like rush him out there or anything. But right, um, right. and again, like we we really wish the guy well. I mean, just horrendous, you know, what no, happened to him and stuff. It was but, awful. And it feels good that he's recovering so quickly. It feels really the good. The fact that he's even practicing is outstanding. It's, it's really it's phenomenal. Yeah. 
again, it's the human over the entertainer side of things again, just like with Tua, right? So we're just rooting for him just as a human being. Uh, and if yeah. he can do some stuff on the field, even better, you know. So absolutely it's, with you there. It's mind-boggling that he got shot basically through his knee and it didn't do any major structural damage to his knee. That's like first like impossible. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's just crazy. He was really right. fortunate. He was really fortunate. And I'm glad to see him back on the practice field. And I'm glad to know that he'll be able to, you know, get his NFL career officially underway sooner rather than later. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, next question is from uh, Abdil HDZ21. This is PPR. He lists four options for us to choose from. Just PPR that doesn't specify anything else. So he's got uh, George Pickens. Naeem Hines, who, of course, plays on Thursday night. Uh, Mike Boone, who also plays on Thursday night. And then Zach Ertz going up against the former team of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think I can pretty quickly eliminate Boone here from the list. Um, I think Pickens is interesting because of how Kenny Pickett was uh, targeting him. Uh, The Steelers could also be in in kind of a pass-heavy match up here against the bills trying to keep up with them so that's interesting to me Hines is interesting and of course uh Ertz is interesting um yeah anyone who you are kind of leaning more uh amongst those three um yeah I mean I I don't think I could pass up on Naheem Hines I feel like he's gonna have a big role uh yeah with with uh Taylor out and like I had already previously mentioned i think denver will take an early lead i think they'll be passing uh more in that game and that that plays right into naheem hines skill set you know he's he's a talented receiver out of the backfield Uh, and even those little short passes to him is like an extension of like the running game you know what i mean so if you just think about it yeah we're talking about we're we are talking about ppr so every time he catches one of those little uh passes regardless of the yardage you're getting a point you know so that's right so i think yeah i think he's a i think he's the one of the two one of the four that i would definitely have to go with did you say we're starting two of these four is that what i heard uh just one. Oh, just one okay yeah, yeah he'd be my one he'd be my one uh although i don't hate the idea of zach Ertz this week fact that i think uh that the Philadelphia Arizona game is going to be the highest combined fantasy points out of the tight ends, because I feel like both oh, of those tight ends are going to have like a legitimate, really solid game. You know, I feel like Goddard and Ertz are both in a position that they're pretty favorable matchups from either side, you know, and I feel like they're both in a position that they're going to impact this game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like at the end of the week, we could be looking at two top five tight ends out of that game. Interesting. I like that call. Okay. Yeah, I think overall, though, I would feel probably the most comfortable with Hines of the group, but Ertz definitely is in a good spot. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, maybe he's got like Kelsey too. Yeah, that, that, that's right. why he's not considering this guy in his uh, tight end spot. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, that's all we were given. <laughs> okay. I think the safest <laughs> thing to go with, though, is Naheem Hines is going to touch the ball the most. And that's, you know, probably what you're looking for. You, the guy more more times you get the ball in your hands, more chances to score fantasy points. It's a 
That's right. Yeah, you want to focus formula. on the volume. No, it really is. I mean, you just want to focus on on opportunity and volume, and then that'll translate uh, more often than than not, you know, uh, to uh, what you want, especially with Hines being the pass catcher. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised PPR. if he scores two touchdowns in this game. I mean, that's okay. That's yeah, how involved I think they're going to have him in the offense. I love it. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, next one is from at. Man versus life. Uh, he asks uh, Damian Harris or Naeem Hines, another Naeem Hines, uh, in a half PPR. So this one is interesting. I initially was thinking just smash Hines. However, the uh, Patriots are going up against the the Lions at home. So so the Lions has just That's been really an <laughs> absolute smash spot for running backs here. Um, Ramondre Stevenson has been kind of been a little bit sneaky and getting a little bit more uh, snaps compared to Damian Harris, but I think I think yeah. Damian Harris could could certainly be a lock for 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 a touchdown to be scored in this game. Although the quarterback situation there in New England is a little bit up in the air, you know, it's like, is it going to yeah. be Mac Jones? Is it going to be uh, the rookie uh, 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 Zappy? Like, I'm not sure if Hoyer is going to be uh, playing in this game. So well, Hoy- Hoyer left with. Uh, a concussion. concussion yeah. Right? Okay. I yeah. just want to make sure. I, right. I had to start him in a league, uh, a super flex league. So, oh man, I was really just disappointed that he left after. Yeah, I mean, actually, completed five out of six passes on that first drive. You know, it's like he looked like he might be at least give you something just based on the efficiency, and then he goes down, right. and I was like, oh no. So, yeah, oh, I so think that's a huge concern uh, overall. Is who's going to play quarterback? for the Patriots this week. It's everything I hear is kind of sounding favorable for Mac Jones. I mean, it's okay. it's not like nobody's nobody said, yeah, he's definitely going to be out there, but um, the signs are pointing in a positive direction, if you will, for him. So I think that if he plays, then I'd feel pretty good about Damian Harris in this game. Uh, if Zappy is out there, I feel like it's going to be, tougher for them to run the, the ball just because, you know, Detroit's going to know that, like, we have to stop the run and dare Bailey yeah. Zappi to beat us, you know? I mean, that's good. the philosophy they'll have to employ. Um, but, I mean, realistically, I still think I, I want Naheem Hines in this matchup. Kind yep. of what I've already mentioned. I just feel like he's got the ball in his hand a lot. Definitely. No, yeah, I think uh, I'm glad that, that he's being brought up uh, in, in these questions just because of the dilemma of not having like Taylor in that game, but I'm with you there. I would lean Hines as well, but it's definitely not bad to have Harris. I just think in the PPR side of things, Hines has a little bit more upside there aside from the questions that at a quarterback. So that's good. Yeah. We're we're, we're pretty much. If it were a standard league, I'd probably go the other way. I probably would. If we were talking on PPR. That That makes a ton of sense. Uh, Next one is from. Uh, progressive. Uh, he's asking, uh, and he asked a couple weeks ago. So, so thanks for asking again. Uh, PPR. Uh, we're looking at AJ Dillon, Gabe Davis, or Brandon Ayuk. Oh, so, so for good. me, Those are some, some big names there. I like it. There's definitely good options here. Um, Gabe Davis. The big question mark is like if that ankle is going to allow him to play. Um, I would probably lean Gabe Davis amongst these options if he's for certain uh, healthy in the game. My backup would be A.J. Dillon. 
than Ayuk is fine to have, but I just think the other two have just a little bit more upside uh, for my liking, but I would tend to lean Gabe Davis as long as he's healthy. Where are you thinking amongst those three? Uh, I feel like it's close for me between Dylan and Davis. Now there is a, a, a big factor, you know, I say this as a Steeler fan, I'm kind of paying more attention to this maybe than anybody else. We got probably our two best cornerbacks are questionable for this game. The Steelers' okay. two best cornerbacks are questionable for this game. So, I mean, that's Cam Sutton and Akella Witherspoon. If either of those guys miss, and especially if both of those guys miss, then I'm all about Gabe Davis in this game. Uh, gotcha. Okay. If both of those guys play, I'm probably going to go A.J. Dillon just because I – like we had spoken about when we were talking about the, the London game, you know, I'm not sold on this Giants defense and I think yeah. they can be had in the run game. So, uh, you know, I mean, they, they really, even when they've looked good, they haven't really looked that great against the run. So I would say, yeah, it, it's AJ Dillon. If both Steelers corners start the game, but if either gotcha. of the Steelers corners are out, and especially if both of them are out, then I'd definitely go Gabe Davis. Excellent, excellent. Last one is a multi-part question uh, coming at or from at Triathlete Chef. Uh, he asks Jerry Judy or Michael Thomas, David Montgomery or Tony Pollard. Uh, then. We'll start with those two, um, Judy or MT, and then Montgomery or Pollard. So Judy obviously plays on the Thursday night game, and uh, and Thomas right now is questionable. He did not play last did week. Not, did not practice today either. So. Did not practice on, on Wednesday either. That is correct. Um, typically, if it's just between the two of them, if they both are just purely solidly healthy, I would lean Michael Thomas here, but I think I would have to play – I think I would have to play Jerry Judy and just see what he can do on Thursday night and not risk it uh, holding out for, for Thomas. Yeah. I'm playing Judy this week if that's my decision. And it's, you know, it is largely an injury influenced uh, because like you said, if they're both hundred percent healthy, then I'm going to pick Thomas every time. Perfect. But Look at that. Yeah. Game situation, you know, is, is going to be good for, for Judy. I think, you know, I mean, I, that Colts defense is nothing special. The Broncos are going to at least be a little limited in their in their ability to run the ball, so they're going to kind of look to lean on the pass, you know, more. So yeah, I think it sets up nice for Judy. I love that. Then with with a David Montgomery or a Tony Pollard, I mean, it just really comes down to if, if David Montgomery is is good to suit up uh, after missing last week. Um, I'm not 100% sure on what his uh, status is uh, up to this point. Um, and Pollard has been kind of a little up and down as well. So, I mean, I think the easy answer is Pollard, unless you know for certain that Montgomery is going to play. And even if he does play, you're looking at a really ugly Chicago offense with a really solid backup in, in Khalil Herbert, who very well could just be a better player than, than, than Montgomery. It's, 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 I don't think it's really that much of a like real debate. I mean, her Herbert is great. You could really just limit Montgomery's usage in the first place, you know, uh, especially if he's banged up. So yeah. where, where, where are you thinking about uh, Pollard or, or Montgomery? Well, the injury risk, you know, 
it plays a part into, or I mean, the, you know, the just uncertainty with the injury is what I mean about not yeah. really knowing Montgomery's status right now uh, plays a part. But yeah, you, you well said, you know, Khalil Herbert has picked up the ball and just run with it, given the opportunity. I don't see that there's a situation where they can really not have him be a part of the offense going forward. So I think that will impact Montgomery's touches, you know, probably for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, I, I would go with Pollard. Gotcha. And Pollard is going up against the Rams. Um, yeah, so either way, I think I would I would lean Pollard there. Yes, this is great. We we are pretty much are are lining up all over the place, which is great. Um, yeah, that's fun to I see. Mean, I I don't. The Rams are tough though against the run. I kind of didn't uh, factor that in enough. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's close. I think it's close actually. Gotcha. Uh, check check David Montgomery's injury status before, but right. I think you know. You were right what you said about the Bears' offense being kind of ugly, but the run game is what they have, you know. The run game is what's what's been most effective for them. And this situation is helpful. Uh, the Bears play at, at, at 1 p.m., and then the, the Cowboys play at 425, I believe. So uh, you, you'll, you'll know well ahead of when you need to make yeah. that call uh, between the two of those, uh, what you're going to do. So uh, then he throws out a three- uh, quarterbacks. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm assuming to just choose one of these. Uh, we got Geno Smith against the Saints, Ryan Tannehill against Washington, and then Russell Wilson against the Colts. I would probably go with Russ, then Geno, and then Tannehill. That would be sort of how I would look at it for for this week. Yeah, that makes sense, and. Uh... You know, I, I give Russell Wilson a slight bump up because of what I mentioned about thinking the Broncos are going to need their pass game more than than a typical week. Right. So, yeah, I would probably go there. Although, you know, I don't hate the idea of starting Geno against the Saints. You know, I mean, Geno Smith has impressed me this season just with how, you know, how effective he's been. He's been really efficient. I think he's leading the NFL in uh, pass completion, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think... And- yeah, I think you might be right about that. I know he's been unbelievably efficient, like I, I as you said. Um, but yeah, it is it is just quite remarkable. I, I guess like I just look at it like who 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 are these guys throwing to if they're playing half decent, right? So in this case, Gino is supporting Lockett and Metcalf, um, and, and a couple of decent tight ends, but that just has been kind of a mess. And then Russell Wilson has has Judy Sutton, then Alberto, who's also been a little bit of a mess. Um so it's like, who would you rather be throwing the ball to, Metcalf and Lockett or Judy and Sutton? So I think overall, you would probably would think Judy and Sutton, but I like both of those combos a lot. You know, it yeah. is just weird to say out loud, you know, Gino over Russell Wilson, but you just have to look at what they're doing. You know what I mean? It is just really I fascinating. Mean, that's basically what the Seahawks <laughs> chose, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's right. Now, I mean... You know, Gina, yeah, Gina's got good, they both have good weapons at wide receiver, for sure. You know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, I know that's a comparable, you know, mm-hmm. matchup there. It's it's tough to decide which is the better pair there. Uh, and in the tight end, you know, department, you, you mentioned that uh, 
Gino's actually been kind of supporting two tight ends. I mean, Will Disley's actually having a really good year so far. I <laughs> tweeted something the other day. He has a 100% catch rate, which I think is pretty impressive. Oh, he hasn't wow. dropped a single target. But there you go. that being yeah. said, I don't want to play it. I wouldn't want to play a tight end against the Saints. I don't expect either of the Seattle tight ends to come out very favorable in this game because you know, New Orleans does well against the tight end. Um, so, I mean, that could also be sort of a deciding factor here. I was already leaning towards Russ, but thinking that uh, Gino's going to be limited with his use of the tight ends, which has really been sort of his little, uh, you know, comfort blanket, if you will. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be as readily available because New Orleans just hasn't allowed almost anything to tight ends this year. So, Gotcha. Okay. So you, so you would lean Russ then over. I'm leaning Russ. Yeah. Okay. I'm leaning gotcha. Russ. I like that. With a with a caveat that I don't hate Gino as a start this week, though. So. No, perfect. Yep. No, nope, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then the last one is a DST question. Uh, he's considering Dallas, Jacksonville. So, so Dallas against the Rams, uh, right. Jacksonville against the Texans, Miami right. against the Jets, and then Titans against Washington. For me, this is Miami against the Jets. Uh, I think a case could be made Jacksonville as well. well. That's kind of an interesting group here, but I'm I'm definitely going Miami Dolphins against the uh, New York Jets, hoping that uh, Zach Wilson can turn the ball over a couple more times. <laughs> well, I already talked up the Jacksonville defense a little bit earlier on. Okay. I think that's where I'd go right now. Uh, Perfect. You know, I think they're I think they're built to defend against the run well. You know, and and let Damian Pierce. I don't. I am not sold on Davis Mills. I'm far from sold on Davis Mills. You know, I have a lot, lot of questions about his game overall. So, uh, yeah, I think Jacksonville set up to have a pretty nice game here. I wouldn't be surprised if they can force a couple turnovers. You know, we all. You'd love it if they score a touchdown off one of those. You know, obviously, but, but yeah, I think they're going to give them a real hard time. I think that Jacksonville pass rush is going to be something that Davis Mills is going to really not enjoy. I think they're going to get after him, and so. That's yeah, no, I think I think do. there's definitely turnover and sack upside in this matchup, um, for sure. So yeah, I'll I'll go with that. Uh, that that's a really solid uh, breakdown. Um, I would probably it would be it would just would be hard for me to kind of steer away from the Dolphins, but I think for for his sake. The, the 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 Jaguars or the Dolphins, both of those are solid options for sure. Again, ultimately he'll have to decide there, but that'll be a fun one because we're a little bit different on that. We'll have to see how those play out as a little side uh, bet here. But uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, with the exception of the the Week One game against New England, you know, uh, Miami's been a, a little bit suspect in the passing game, which is not something you'd necessarily think because of their high caliber corners and such. But right. Uh, yeah, they they haven't been that that solid as you might expect them to be. And uh, matter of fact, in my column for In Between Media, Zach Wilson is my deep start of the week. You know. Oh, when there you I, go. Okay. This is I'm talking after quarterback sixteen. So the idea is that you know I go with who you would start in a sixteen league, sixteen team league, and then if you don't have one of those top sixteen quarterbacks, who are you going to start? And that's oh, I like Zach that. Wilson, okay, my guy, the deep start of the week. No, I mean, it makes a ton of sense, you know, because they have great weapons, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
and we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we'll get to them in a little while here, but uh, yeah, it's, it makes a lot of sense. I like that call. You know, you just hope that he can, you know, not turn the ball over and obviously be healthy. You know, limit the he, turnovers. Yeah. He also is another, one of these questionable guys who with like an ankle. It's like, it's like the, the week of like being questionable. It's like ridiculous. But I think uh, we had a very good explanation and a good breakdown for, for all those questions and thank them again for, for asking and uh, good luck to you all in your lineup starting uh, decisions there. All right. So we're going to plow through the rest of the games here that, that are going to take place on Sunday. Uh, we touched on a bunch of these players, but we'll just kind of we'll um, rattle off the matchups here. Pittsburgh Steelers at Buffalo Bills. Uh, you're starting Josh Allen. You're starting uh, Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis, I think, is definitely a start worthy player if he's healthy. Um, Dawson Knox is just one of these like group of gross tight ends. You know, it's like if you have them, I don't know. It's just one of these like kind of yucky things. Um, I did want to touch on Devin Singletary and, and the running game there. Um, I actually think he's okay to start this week. Um, normally he'd be more of like a flex option uh, for me, but I think I'd be pretty comfortable with him as like an RB two, uh, preferably as a flex, but it, it just is always like, we're going to limit expectations there, but there are these weeks where he does have a big spikes there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, on Devin Singletary as a, as a starting option or is he more of like an, if you must type for you? No, I think it's a fairly good week to start Devin Singletary. Actually, it kind of pains me to say this as a Steelers fan, but they haven't been very good against the run this year. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the running backs have been getting over on them, especially running backs that can catch the ball, uh, which fits Singletary's skill set, obviously. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be feeling pretty good actually if if I could start Devin Singletary this week, and I hate to say that I hate to want to start people <laughs> against my own favorite team, but you know, trying to be realistic. So. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be kind of interesting because um, in the Bills' offense, uh, Isaiah McKenzie had a concussion, so he might not play, and then Jamison Crowder broke his ankle last oh, week, so. That's potentially um, a big time for one of my Boise State guys. Rookie Khalil Shakir could have his first time to really shine this year. Uh, you know, absolutely. I'm not going to recommend yeah. that you put him into your fantasy lineups either, but I'm really excited to see if he gets a few more targets, what he can do. But definitely a, a player to keep your eye on, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and and I'm deeply interested and deeply invested in him in Dynasty. So I would <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. Go, yeah, go and get your hands on Khalil Shakir if you can. As am I. He was one of those, like third round, fourth round kind of targets I, I had in pretty much every single rookie draft I was in. Um, some I just kind of like reached because I just wanted to get a little piece of them, you know, and then some I like, well, if he's there in the fourth, you know, that would that, be cool too. But I'm with you. But very excited for him. Uh, the Steelers offense is, is kind of an interesting one at this point, unfortunately. Um, if you have Najee Harris, it would be hard for me to, to not, throw him into your lineup even though he's been a bit uh disappointing obviously not yeah for sure yeah so so that that one kind of makes you a little bit queasy but i just would have to start him um pat fryermuth he he's a pretty solid tight end as far as i'm concerned i would be still i would remain pretty bullish there uh some other kind of interesting situations here is with the wide receivers right so you got deontay johnson fantastic player had a bad week last week uh, Chase Claypool was, was, and like George kind of an Pickens. isolated situation too. With, yeah, 
Deontay, that's the only thing I wanted to mention when you talked about him earlier. Uh, this is the first week that he hasn't had double digits in targets since week 15 of 2021. Whoa. So, I mean, he had a nice little solid stretch of double-digit target run, uh, double-digit target games going, and this is his fewest targets in any game since week five of 2021. So, you know, it was just... Jeez. I kind of feel like it got lost in the wash, especially with switching quarterbacks at halftime and stuff. I think that they're going to focus on getting Deontay more involved this game. I really feel like he's the kind of receiver that can lift a quarterback too. I think that was kind of evidenced when he played that season with Duck Hodges as a starting quarterback for half the year. Uh, yeah. But <clears throat> I think, you know, it, getting him in the game plan is going to be good for Kenny Pickett. You know, get, he'll get the ball to Deontay Johnson. Hopefully, you know, they'll scheme up ways that he can get the ball to him in space so that there'll be, you know, some decent gains on those plays. But overall, you know, maybe feel like Kenny Pickett's, you know, settling in. And then, you know, George Pickens, he's gonna he's gonna take some shots downfield to George Pickens. I mean, he showed us that in the second half of last week's game. So George yeah. Pickens is a very interesting, you know, very high ceiling. Uh, fantasy play you know but i i think there's there's certainly some risk involved but but yeah i think that you know he could have a really big day and that wouldn't surprise anybody i don't think uh chase claypool i am just staying away from right now until i see yeah. him get a little bit more involvement in the offense i mean it's just he hasn't been getting his share uh and i don't feel like they've been utilizing him very well to his skill set but that's a Another topic entirely. Uh, Fryermuth <laughs> is the offense, though, right now. I tweeted that this past uh, Sunday. Pat Fryermuth is the Steelers' <laughs> offense. So uh, in a in a tight end landscape that's pretty desolate, I feel really good starting Pat Fryermuth. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so we'll move on to the, uh, Los on the Los Angeles Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. Um, Justin Herbert, you're starting. Mike Williams, you're starting. Austin Eckler, you're starting. And I would even say Gerald Everett is a pretty comfortable start at the tight end position uh, for sure. Um, Keenan Allen, even if he's active, I, I don't know if I would feel comfortable starting him just with how he has not been practicing much. Um I probably would want to wait a week to see how he's doing, how he's feeling. I would hate to have him start and only play like, 10 snaps or something, you know? Um, so I think the chargers are pretty straightforward with like those big four there. Um, Cleveland Browns. I think Chubb, you're, you're starting. Um, I think David Njoku, I think is now a pretty comfortable tight end to start yeah. as well. Um, some question marks about if like Brissett can be like a super flex option. You like him as a super flex option or is he still kind of iffy for you? Um, I, I get. I guess I could get behind him as a super flex option. I mean, I'm sure there's still like you know six quarterbacks I'd rather have at my second spot than than Jacoby. But you know, I mean, right. he's he's about like middle of the pack QB two for me. So you could you could do a lot worse. I mean, he's he's actually surprised me a bit uh, this year. In the same vein as Geno Smith, you know, two quarterbacks Absolutely. I just didn't expect a lot from, but they've been showing me a lot more than than I really. Uh, thought I'd see. So yeah, I've got, you know, I've got him on my roster in the Scott Fishbowl and I 
I contemplated starting him this past week. Ended up starting Goff instead, and I'm really glad I made that decision. Oh, perfect. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, I feel like uh, Jacoby's played well enough to at least enter the conversation as my second quarterback. My starting quarterback is Lamar Jackson, so th- there's oh. no conversation about that. It's, you know, who comes next. So, <laughs> uh, and then to be honest with you, I drafted Matt Ryan thinking that he'd be my QB2 for most of this season, and he's quickly found his spot on the bench. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for sure. I feel like I've got, I should have four usable quarterbacks in that league. Matt Ryan's not really usable right now, but yeah, the uh, points lost for, for incompletion, for incompletions definitely changes the game there, you know, uh, for sure. I but, seriously um... had a loss in week two. Uh, I lost by eight points. Matt Ryan had negative almost 11. So if I would have just started any of my other quarterbacks or, you know, even put myself in there at quarterback, I would have still won, you know. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, you just it, – it's just so frustrating when, like, a quarterback just, like, completely vomits, like, all over themselves and yes, in Scott totally. Fishbowl where it's like, so – yeah, where it's so critical, you know, like, um, I had Kirk Cousins – or the one year, like her cousins had like some like ridiculous, like negative 18 or something in Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I, I'll never forget that. But uh, that's horrible. But yeah, so uh, I think, I think Brissett is, is an interesting super flex, but you could definitely do better. Um, that that leaves us with like Kareem Hunt and Amari Cooper. Those are usually the two like pretty solid, like, or like chalky, like starters. Um, I do like Amari Cooper. Uh, I wish he just was more consistent uh, week to week, but this is the way it goes sometimes. Uh, Kareem Hunt, though, uh, would you feel comfortable with him as a starter uh, against the Chargers? No, uh, comfortable is not the right word. Again, uh, it, he's he would fit solidly into that if you must category that you that you talked about earlier. You know, for sure, for I, sure. <laughs> it's not a it's not an absolute disaster to start Kareem Hunt, but there's no real way I'd. I'm excited about it, you know. Gotcha. No, I think that's fair. Moving on to the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Um, yeah, the, the Bears have just been uh, kind of yucky, I think. Um, outside, so here's another, just going back to David Montgomery. If if, Matt, if David Montgomery does not play, I think I'm still very confidently starting Kilo Herbert either way. Um, I think Dar- I think Darnell Mooney coming on here as of late is very interesting to me. Um, He's kind of like a borderline flex play option there. Uh, outside of those two, I still don't feel tremendously comfortable uh, starting anybody else in that offense. Um, as far as the Minnesota Vikings are concerned, I'm just full go on, on all my Vikings. Cousins, I'm starting. Uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Uh, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, who's like kind of an interesting tight end play just with the landscape of tight end he still hasn't been like tremendous you know what i mean but i would still feel yeah. okay about him um and then dalvin cook um one he's just leaving a lot of meat on the bone but um I, as long as he's active i just can't help to not play him you know what i mean uh and then like that that alexander madison touchdown in london was like oh, you gotta be kidding me you know what i mean if you're like a dalvin hey, cook uh two weeks in know. a row man it's two weeks in a yeah. row for alexander madison he's another one of my boise state guys so i'm pretty excited to see it actually 
Oh, there you go. There you go. I don't have a lot of Dalvin Cook. So for all of you Dalvin Cook managers out there, I apologize for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, yeah, it's just one of these things. uh, uh, A a good player, but just a a perennial headache, you know, as well. You know what I mean? Um, So it's one of these things. I'd like to see him in a new place next year. He's in a contract year, so I'd like to see him somewhere else. That's conversation for a different day. Yeah, we'll have you back on on the show in the off season. We could talk about it then uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think the the Vikings are are a pretty easy start in them if you have them. Kind of a situation this week. Uh, now, uh, next one would be the would be the Detroit Lions at the New England Patriots. Uh, the Lions, you know, are just remarkably putting up points in in games that I did not. Anticipate, but they are just like this, like never-ending sweet spot for like fantasy because like their defense is banged up, but also is kind of brutal, you know, as far as you know stopping. So they just have to keep on pushing the ball down the field, pushing the ball down the field, which is what you love to see for for fantasy. And they haven't slowed down, you know, since uh, week one against Philadelphia. Um, now it is the Patriots, and they are on the road in New England, and I don't know that just. I just don't know if it's going to be the same 30 plus points that, that you're used to seeing like the lions put up. I, I think they could come to it to like a crashing halt to a certain degree. Um, but they will still be in a position most likely to kind of keep up pace with, with, with the Patriots. Um, still kind of tricky because uh the, the because uh swift is still going to be out um as long as tj hawkinson is healthy i'm comfortable starting him oh and, and amonra saint brown is mo- most likely going to be out i believe um would you still feel comfortable starting someone like golf uh in, in a game like this where it's like it's not seattle you know it, it's like the patriots um would you still feel comfortable starting golf against the patriots on the road uh, it's, I mean, it's not as gravy as last week. <laughs> like you said, that's right. Not, yeah. He's not playing Seattle this, this week, but, uh, but I'm, I'm not that terrified of the new England Patriots defense, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, I'm still pretty all right with starting Jared Goff this week, actually. Yeah. I don't, you know, I mean, chances are you've got a better option in a one QB league, but, uh, you definitely want to roll him out there in a super flex league. And, you know, and I mean, maybe you don't have a better option in a one QB league, to be honest with you. There's some guys that that people, you know, tend to start. Uh, like Kyler Murray freaks me out this week, for example. You know, I mean, Kyler Murray <laughs> yeah. typically be a QB one. And, and I think, you know, most weeks it's a no-brainer start for Kyler Murray. But I don't want to watch him. I mean, I don't want to trust him <laughs> against this Philly defense is what I was trying to say. No, no, uh, I, I do, I, I, I do mean, want to yeah. watch him. I didn't mean to say I don't want to watch him. I do want to watch him because actually, I think this game, this uh, Arizona Philly game, is going to be entertaining. But uh, it's, it's but more of a fun one to watch, yeah. but not have any stake in the fantasy yeah. realm with, with Murray. And I got gotcha. you. Maybe yeah. so. Maybe so. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to see what happens. I just don't. I just don't feel good about starting Kyler Murray. And I mean, so I could easily picture a situation. Where like you could have Kyler Murray and Jared Goff as your quarterbacks on your roster, that's entirely possible, and I would probably sure. go with Goff over Murray this this week. Interesting. Okay, gotcha. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, because it's one of these situations where it's like if they have the 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 lack of pass catchers, right? Like I don't think Chark, Amon Ross, St. Brown, or their 
third one, I think Reynolds didn't even practice today. So that just makes me a little queasy. Um, but, you know, there's still Jamal Williams. I, I would still would, would feel comfortable starting him. He obviously has been an absolute rock star um, yeah. on and off the field. He's just he's just, he's such an awesome guy. Um, yeah. So I'm I mean, happy he's, to... he's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns right now. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I'd be very uh, confident uh, in, in him for sure, but definitely golf is, is definitely a comfortable super flex and maybe even a sneaky uh, QB uh, or one QB play. So I do like that. And now the Patriots outside of their running backs, I, I really don't have a ton of confidence in. I do like Jacoby Myers, but he's been a little bit banged up. There's no guarantee that he plays this week. Um, so it's like what we said uh, on the one, um, um, listener question, you'd feel pretty confident starting um, uh, Damian Harris. I would even be somewhat confident starting uh, Stevenson as well in spots, yeah. say, if I have Swift and like Williams, right? If I lost both of them, could I throw in Stevenson? I think I absolutely could. I would feel good about that. I'm because out in one of my leagues this week. So there you go. Yeah. Um, against the, against the Detroit lions there. So, so we like that. Anyone else on the Patriots offense you like outside of the running backs this week, or you just kind of like, you know, I mean, Devonte Parker is such a feast or famine kind of guy. I mean, I right? love it. If I had him like on a best ball roster or something, for example, it makes <laughs> right. me more yeah. nervous to just like have to put him in, you know, week to week. But I mean, right. that guy is like, that guy could pop at any time, you know. I mean, it's really possible. So, uh, you know, I could see, I could see people starting Devonte Parker. I'm not, you know, comfortable with it, but I could see that. And I mean, even though it's been really rough to trust uh, Hunter Henry at all this year, right? This is this is a matchup that kind of does work out for him. You know, I mean, Detroit has been nothing special against tight ends. And so I feel like if there's a get right game in, in here for Hunter Henry, like this could be it, you know, uh, I was, again, I was going to bring I'm not him recommending up. him, but right. if you're taking, if you're just lost in tight end land, you could do a lot worse than rolling out Hunter Henry this week. I think. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, he's been one of the <laughs> real, just the saddest of disappointments this season so yeah, far. So I'm, I'm such a fan yeah. of him and he was like a real, consistent like later like tight end that i was like targeting sadly if i missed out on cole Komet, it was like oh my gosh and cole Komet. but yeah so it's like definitely i still have my eye on him but you have not liked what you've seen but i do think Devonte parker is interesting especially if uh, jacoby myers is out once again yes uh moving on for sure the intrigue for sure Definitely, definitely. Uh, moving on to the Seattle Seahawks at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, again, like we got our questionable Saints here. We did not have Jameis, Kamara, Michael Thomas uh, last week in London. Um, and then Jarvis Landry really didn't come on until very late in that game. Um, outside of Chris Alave, I'm not really sure who I would feel supremely confident starting this week. Um, I do traditionally like Jarvis Landry as a PPR play, especially. Um, Especially again, it's like it's against Seattle, so it should be like a really nice spot to to get these guys in your lineups. But I, I don't know. It just it just kind of freaked me out how he just didn't get a lot of uh, look in, in that London game where, where they had a lot of opportunities to, to give him passes, and it just didn't happen. So I don't know if that was like an Andy Dalton thing or, or what, but um, 
it just kind of gives me a little bit of pause without Jameis in there outside of Chris Alave, unless you feel differently, like maybe Mark Ingram this week, if, if Kamara is out again, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't hate that. I mean, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not beating the drum for Mark Ingram or, or anything, but yeah, if, if Kamara's out, Tavius Murray's not on the team anymore. We're going to have to give <laughs> right, those rushing yeah. attempts to somebody. You know, I think Mark Ingram will be heavily involved if, if there's no Camaro, but, uh, but I mean, if you're playing him, you're hoping for a touchdown. Basically, I mean, he's not going right. to he's not going to dominate down the field, you know, between the twenties or anything like that. Uh, and I think with Kamara, if he is in, even though he's a little bit banged up and and, and has been questionable for a little while here, he's just another one of these guys. Yeah. I can't live with myself with him not in my lineup if he's active. You know what I mean? I just gotta right. oh yeah, for sure. with it. Uh, for sure. So I'm glad we, we feel the same way. Uh, we have already touched on Geno Smith. Would we like him as like a super flex play? Um, I'm still starting Metcalf. I'm still starting Lockett. They just are going to be start the wide receivers. Yeah. So the wide receivers uh, for sure, just in they're they're kind of like the lions that they're, they're always are going to be in a position to uh, have, have decent passing volume there. Uh, Rashad Penny had the big week last week. Uh, would you feel comfortable starting him against the Saints? Uh, that's such a tough run defense. If I can get away from it, I'm going to want to. But, uh, but I mean, you might not have better options, you know, especially depending on how your draft went. You know, I mean, a lot of people, Rashad Penny was kind of a hero of the zero RB crowd, you know, kind of a really popular zero RB target. So you may be oh, yeah. in a position where he's one of your best two running backs. And if that's the case, I'm not afraid to, to put him in there, but, but I, I don't want to really, I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. I definitely am not going to expect um, a uh, blow up game. I think he'll just, yeah, it's not going to be, to be, that's right. No, I, I think he's going to be basically what I thought he would be most of the season, which would be like a touchdown dependent kind of an asset. Um, even though, you know, last week was what it was. I just do not have those kinds of expectations against the uh, Saints uh, this week. But I think I would feel OK starting him again, depending on your options. He's kind of like a if you must type uh, for me. Um, I just don't want to get too like, uh, you know, rosy uh eyes you know for 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 him at this point just because he had the big week the the the, the saints are are pretty tough uh unit there um yeah so pretty clear cut there uh the miami dolphins at the new york jets uh we touched on a little bit of this but but no Tua in this game you're gonna have uh teddy bridgewater starting i think he's uh kind of an interesting uh super flex option he's kind of uh I don't know. I, I kind of think he's maybe around that, like Jacoby Brissett territory, or was he like a, one of the ones you you saw, like clearly ahead of Brissett? No, I prefer Brissett actually. Okay, so so Brissett over over uh, Bridgewater. I mean, it's, it's reasonably close because the matchup against the Jets is favorable. But yeah, I'd, I'd take if I was choosing between Brissett and Bridgewater somehow for my QB two this week. Uh, I'd be going with percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we're pretty confidently starting Waddle and Hill. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, that said, I don't really downgrade Waddle and Hill that much. Uh, you know, it's a, a slight downgrade, you know, 
they're probably not they're not going to have their you know season high games this week either. But all right. But they're still, you know, secure enough that if you've got them on your team, they they need to be in your lineup. For sure, for sure. Uh, kind of another one of these like kind of icky tight end situations is is Mike Gesicki. Tons of talent, but just very up and down as far as how, as far as how he's implemented. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, don't, I don't trust him at all. I was I was just gonna say that, so, so I'm with you there. Um, another kind of an interesting situation is like the running backs uh, between Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Uh, Mostert looked great uh, last Thursday night against the Bengals, but it is just as much of a split backfield as, as you can find. Um, Edmonds almost caught two touchdowns on Thursday Should night have had when he two came. Touchdowns, yeah, <laughs> that's really right. Sure. That's right. So but, it's really interesting. He they both are kind of in that like if you must territory because I think it's an interesting spot against the Jets where like they 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 could be, um, I think that they both could could be in positions to 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 potentially get touchdowns. Um, but really only if I had to, you know, I don't feel yeah, great yeah. starting Edmonds. Um, I feel like he's going to be a starter for me in in in, in Scott Fishbowl this week, but um. I don't know. Don't, 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 don't feel great about it. <laughs> you know, no, that, that's basically no. it. Yeah. So, so they both fit into that. Like if you must uh, category, Edmund uh, then we could be getting a tad more of the goal line work. So that, you know, I oh, that Edmunds, worth, okay. I guess, you know, yep. Okay. Um, you know, but like I say, that's, it's still, it's, it's hard to call. It's hard to call between those two guys for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the New York Jets. Uh, you have a uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall uh, coming on pretty strong lately. So as long as he's healthy, I would feel pretty yeah, confident starting him. He's on, the, on him. the injury list. They're on the injury That's report. Right. But I don't know. I haven't heard a whole lot about his situation right now. Definitely something to monitor for sure. But I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore how he's been oh, implemented dude. in. I got like a dog situation here. Can I take just one second here? Oh yeah, go go for it. Yeah, yeah I, I'll I, be I, right no, back. You're good. No, you're good. Yeah, I'll just keep on going. Uh, yeah. So along with with uh, Brees Hall situation, um, Michael Carter is another one of these like PPR kind of um, running backs, but uh, has been getting less and less usage as uh, Brees Hall has been coming on stronger here for the Jets. Uh, then the pass catchers, uh, you have Elijah Moore, who who came on a little bit stronger as Zach Wilson came into the game uh, last week or started last week. Um, I'm still pretty confidently starting uh, Garrett Wilson more as a flex uh, option. And then Elijah Moore, more of like a deeper flex option for me. Uh, then you still have Corey Davis, who who's an interesting play as well. He's one that I'm more happy to have on my roster, like on the bench, unless it's like a multi-flex uh, situation. I'm probably am not going to be starting Corey Davis, but um then the tight end, uh, t- uh, Tyler Conklin, I think is uh, is an interesting uh, tight end option. Not a surefire starter uh, by any means, but definitely someone you could feel semi comfortable with. Again, just with the landscape of tight end, uh, you could definitely do worse. As he has been uh, getting a, a decent amount of volume, uh, you just hope that Zach Wilson can kind of tighten it up. But as as uh, Dave uh, said earlier, Zach Wilson is a sneaky uh, deeper start for him. 
So I was just I was saying, um, just kind of reiterating your point about Zach Wilson being a, a deeper starter uh, in this matchup, and kind of combining him with 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 a uh, Tyler Conklin as kind of a deeper uh, tight end play, who's been kind of sneaky consistent here mm-hmm. as of late. Yeah, I like I like both of them actually. Uh, my daughter has been playing Tyler Conklin after she drafted Hunter Henry. We talked about a little bit earlier, and after he mm-hmm. put up that goose egg, she was pretty upset and felt like she needed to find a new guy. And she found Tyler Conklin, and he's yeah, he's been reasonably effective for her. And but yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm excited about Zach Wilson, but I'm also you know like I'm not trying to get like on a runaway cart here. You know, he he had his issues in the start uh, against Pittsburgh, but he showed some promise and especially in that second half and kind of leading that comeback, uh, you know, show, I was impressed by his poise in, in the pocket. And uh, I think that his return could definitely spell good things for Elijah Moore. It certainly seemed to be a connection between the two of them in that game. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about him, but again, like I said, this is a deep league start. There's a good chance you've got a better option than, than Zach Wilson, but uh, I'm really excited about him in a super flex situation. You know, I'd be, I'd be pretty excited if he was the second quarterback to slot into your lineup. That'd be, be really good. I think that'd be a good situation. Absolutely. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on to the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the Falcons are without Cordell Patterson, of course, and Marcus Mariota has been a little bit up and down, uh, very disappointing last week, uh, as well as Kyle Pitts. Again, Kyle Pitts is someone that I can't bring myself to bench at this point, um, and things are a little bit rough in, in the running back game. Um, Caleb Huntley just like came out of nowhere and was very efficient with his touches uh, in in the running game. Tyler Algier is kind of an interesting um, running back in in that, uh, on that team as well. I would be fine to have these guys on my roster. Like we're talking like deep dynasty rosters as far as like Caleb Huntley is concerned, but definitely not comfortable (laughs) starting them in general, but especially against the Buccaneers. I am not there yet. Um, And we'll see what happens. You know, maybe, maybe they surprise, but um, yeah, I just am not ready to throw them into lineups at this point. (laughs) Um, Although I did, I did grab Caleb Huntley on a couple of low dollar fab bids in some of my dynasty leagues. So um, he's worth stashing at the end of the bench and see how this, how this situation plays itself out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm in some leagues where it's like any player w- w- with a pulse, you know, is like worth right. adding. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah, there, there's a uh, a 14 team uh, dynasty league I'm in, and so like he was like, yeah, I'll I'll spend like I think I got him for like 27 dollars, you know, out of like 200. Um, right. So I'm happy, I was happy to come away with that for usually just a barren wasteland of like options. So so I was right. very excited to see that. Uh, Fortunately, I got him. So, so I was like, yay. Uh, but anyway, um, but outside of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, um, I think Marcus Mariota is like a borderline super flex play. You're just really hoping he can maximize on his rushing ability. But even then, it's kind of pushing it. Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm with you. He's borderline, but I hate it. I don't want, I don't want to have to play Marcus Mariota. Oh, for sure. I yeah. legitimately like, maybe would prefer to play Andy Dalton. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha, interesting. 
just right. because of the matchup against the Seahawks. But, you know. Well, and again, it is like the Buccaneers. I mean, not not everyone is Patrick Mahomes and can just like l- light it up against anyone yeah. anytime. But it is like I don't know. I think this could be really ugly for the Falcons this week, um, for sure. And then on the on the Tampa Bay side of things, um, obvious starts are Mike Evans, um, Leonard Fournette. If you have them, you're, you're starting them. I think Tom Brady is pretty interesting this week as Chris Godwin w- was able to come back and played actually pretty well uh, in his return. Um, anyone else on that offense you would feel comfortable starting? Um, let's see. You mentioned Evans and Fournette. Uh, you know, I don't really like anybody else on this offense that much. Okay. Uh, you know, but I, I am, I have, I think Tom Brady's come back to a little bit more what we were expecting of Tom Brady. He had a very nice outing, even though the team didn't really, he had a very nice outing this past Sunday. Right. So uh, yeah, I feel good about having him back in the starting lineup. He's a middle of the pack QB one for me. I love it. I would agree. Uh, so like someone like Chris Godwin, I'm glad he's back. I, I still would be a little bit hesitant maybe to get him in a lineup. I guess if he's healthy, I, I'd, I'd start him. Um but it's just, it's just, it's just it, I don't know, it just gives me it's a little bit of pause for, for whichever reason. Um, but glad he's back. I'm, I'm very encouraged yeah. by, by how he did play. Uh, I just don't know if the Buccaneers are going to be in the same position to really need to be like force feeding like passes like, 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 like they were last week, but still fairly solid uh, um, overall for sure uh, mm-hmm. with Brady. So I, I would agree with that. Uh, looking at the Tennessee Titans at, at the Commanders, uh, Derrick Henry, uh, I'm, I'm definitely starting. I think Tannehill is kind of a borderline super flex. Uh, normally, he's like pretty safe and pretty solid, but no, um, uh, Traylon Burks, you know, he, he may be out for, yeah. for, for several Maybe weeks. Four and... weeks is what they were saying. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, turf so, so maybe turf toe. Yeah, that's horrible. Uh, so even really outside of Derrick Henry, I, I don't know if there's. I guess maybe Robert Woods I could put in as like a flex play. Um, I wouldn't love it necessarily, but I right. think he is. Uh, he's definitely passable as a flex option. Um, so maybe Tannehill isn't that. <laughs> isn't that really all that solid? I mean, he does have some like rushing upside as well, but it's kind of. Um, not much to go around at this point, you know, as right. far as that offense is concerned. Uh, the commanders, uh, Carson Wentz, who started very strong, then has kind of tailed off here in the last couple of weeks. Um, still a lot of good weapons in that offense. I mean, you still have Terry McLaurin. I would feel I, I would still be I, I would, I'm still starting him pretty comfortably. Um Curtis Samuel, who's been um, kind of an interesting surprise, you know, uh, he's been playing very well. Uh, I don't know how supremely confident I would be starting him. How, how do you feel about Samuel? Because I think Dotson will, will, will likely be out this week. So there could just be a little bit uh, of a decent opportunity there for, for Curtis Samuel. It just, uh, I'm not sure, just whichever reason, it just gives me a little bit of pause just because of the Carson Wentz factor. Um where you're at with uh, Curtis Samuel. Well, I think, you know, Curtis Samuel is one of these guys we've always been kind of hoping would be a reliable fantasy target. And it's, it's, it hasn't really come to fruition. I mean, obviously out of the gate this, this year, he was uh, extraordinary. 
But he's sort of cooled off a little bit with Carson Wentz. You know, you said the same thing. It's like Wentz was really hot out of the gate. You know, the, the two things definitely went hand in hand. You know, the last two weeks for Curtis Samuel have been less intriguing. Um, I do feel a lot better about him if this, if Jahan Dotson is out of the game, though. Obviously, it's just you know one less opportunity, one yeah. less player there to compete for targets. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I can see if you're if you're in a situation where you want to start Curtis Samuel this week. Um, I don't I don't really want to start him, but I can see how the situation might pre- present itself. You know, especially if you're if you were trying to start somebody like Jahan Dotson or Traylon Burks or somebody. Uh, he's in he's in the flex range for me. He's in the flex yeah. range. I, I would agree with that. And then uh, Antonio Gibson as well is a running back. I would feel mostly comfortable playing uh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on to the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, again, I think that that Jacksonville offense is kind of just like, an, uh, like, like a negative outlier against the Philadelphia Eagles and the wet and rainy turnover filled fest there. Um, so I think I think Trevor Lawrence is will remain uh, a pretty solid super flex option. Still going to roll with uh, Christian Kirk. I'm still going to roll with, with James Robinson. Uh Kind of a disappointing player. Uh, so so far has been Travis Etienne. Still not super comfortable having him in a lineup unless we're talking about like a deep dynasty where there's multiple flex options. Uh, so even so even at best he's like an if you must uh, type of an option. Uh, Evan Ingram has also been very up and down, mostly down. Um, the pass volume sh- should should still be there uh, it, w- 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 with the Jaguars, but still kind of outside of my comfort zone as far as a, a starting tight end goes. You have right. any different thoughts there? Well, I mean, I think he's a little bit interesting this week if Zay Jones doesn't go, which is kind of sounding like Oh, okay. Run. There you go. Uh, I mean, I, again, I'm not like, I wouldn't say start Evan Ingram with confidence, but if you're looking, right. if you're scanning for tight ends and that you know that Zay Jones isn't going to play, uh, he's not. he's not too bad of an option. Not too bad of an option. I think overall, I like the Jags better on both sides of the ball in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't exactly a betting show, but this is one where I feel good about taking Jacksonville. I'd take the, I'd take them with the points. It's a seven-point spread. I think okay. they're going to beat up on the Houston Texans. I like it. On the uh, Texan side of the ball, I, I I just can't help but keep on starting uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, so Cooks, I would feel comfortable starting in this game. Um, I think Damian Pierce, again, if you have him, it's going to be hard to not get him into your lineup, but definitely with with temper expectations, uh, for sure. Uh, just, just all things considered anyone else on this Texans offense, who would feel comfortable even considering, or, or even like borderline, like, like rostering at this point, I don't know, like Nico Collins is kind of interesting. Um, roster worthy, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm for not sure. Put him into the game this week. At right, all. right. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't feel good about starting any of them this week, even Brandon Cooks. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. And all I right. usually, I usually am kind of on on Brandon Cooks, but I would even, you know, I would be, I would be a little afraid of starting him this week too. I think this Jacksonville defense is going to really handle the the Texans offense without that much difficulty. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, so 
I think, you know, I'm back to what I was kind of talking about earlier. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars would be a good defensive team, DSD, to start this week, you know? Yeah. They're in a position to score you points. I love it. All right. So that will wrap it up for the Sunday early slate. Uh, We're going to finish off the show with the last three matchups of the week here, just like the later afternoon round of games here on Sunday. Uh, We have the San Francisco 49ers at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I just was starting to laugh there because the Panthers are just such a train wreck. It's it's just so sad. Like DJ Moore, his, his, his talents are just endlessly wasted. I mean, you know, it's just one of these things. It's like he, he got a lot of targets last week, mostly because of the come from 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 behind effort, just trying to come back and everything else. But outside of Christian McCaffrey uh, and DJ Moore, who's even a borderline starter at this point, I mean, you might not feel great about your options outside of him. But I really think a case can be made that unless you start seeing it happen, he probably could be benched at this point. It's, it's really sad. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say you can't bench him, but like I can't disagree with what you were just saying. I mean, he's he's benchable. He's benchable. I mean, there's a lot of situations where you're probably not going to be able to get away from starting him. But I I don't know if I've ever seen Baker look this bad before. You know, I can't remember. I mean, this certainly seems to be the low point of his career to date. Uh yeah, I I was just was really um, intrigued by the landing spot and just by like this the second like opportunity he had after just being I mean just for all intents and purposes just like disrespected but by, by, by the Browns yeah, and, and what sure. they and what what they did you know and bringing in Watson and I guess like Baker was like having the he had the, the the surgery on the shoulder and everything else but still it's like it's just insane to me you know it, it is what it is but so I really thought like well that would like spark a little something under him he'd be all Baker and swaggy about things but it's just it's just been really bad just really bad mechanics like I just think back there was a play when they were driving down the field, like I like got the end of the game where they're like down like 10 points or whatever they start on like the, they're like at like the six yard line and he's running back like 12 yards and like throwing like backward. I think it was this ball that was like through like the back of the end zone. It just looked horrible. Like he, it's, it's like if I were to start playing quarterback and like someone's <laughs> running out, like, that's what I would do. Just like, really, I don't know. It just, it's, it's really sad. It's really not good. I hope, you know, that, that he can turn it around somehow and, and Matt rule, you know, and everyone else there. But I mean, really it's, it's just, it's, it's insane. It, it's really hard. And then against a really tough San Francisco defense to boot, you know, so I just really don't feel great about, about a lot of those uh, Panthers um, in, in this matchup. Um, now on the, on the other side of the ball uh, with the, with the 49ers uh, I, I would be very comfortable starting Jeff Wilson, still Debo Samuel, sure. obviously um, I think Brandon Ayuk is kind of like a flex ish option, you know, uh, more so when they get deeper, uh, flex situation. If there's like multiple flex spots, more of like an if you must uh, type. Uh, George Kittle is another one of these like Kyle Pitts, where it's like if you have him, you're starting him because he can just blow up like like a- 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 any given week. It just has yet to to really happen there. Um, anyone else on the uh, or how about like Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he like a super flex for you this week, or is he even kind of borderline at that? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'd want to. Uh, <laughs> right. Jimmy Garoppolo in my super flex slot. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess there's a situation where maybe your other options are uh, Matt Ryan or something, you know, where I might I might go with Jimmy G. But yeah. no, I, I I mean, I'd much rather play Kenny Pickett than Jimmy G if I had that option, you know. Okay, sure. gotcha. Even All though right. I think. Even though I think it could be a really rough go for Kenny Pickett against the Buffalo Bills. So that's not the defense I wanted him to start his first game against. No, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean it's it's just, you know, um I think Jimmy G becomes more of like a safer super flex, I guess, like when you're in the thick of of like bye weeks and stuff. So if you can avoid it, probably best to avoid. Uh, and then now we're going on to the, the, the Eagles at the, at the, at the Arizona Cardinals, um, fun game starting oh. all your Eagles. As far as I'm concerned, Hertz, Goddard, oh, yeah. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Miles Sanders. Uh, I said Goddard. Yes. Yeah, so start all, all your Eagles. Uh, the Cardinals are interesting because right now, uh, Marquise Brown is questionable. Another oh, 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 one of the questionable bunch. They've the Eagles have been really stout against um, running backs for the most part. I mean, Swift did did, did really well against them uh, in Week One, but mostly that they they've been pretty tough on on the running backs. Um, so I don't feel great about James Conner in this matchup. Um, there are situations where you know you you could do a lot worse than him, but if you can help right. it, I would probably lean on on benching him uh where where necessary um if marquise brown is healthy i'm happy to start him zach Ertz, happy to start him uh kyler murray uh, a, a little iffy uh you 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 you, you would say um, i don't know a lot of yeah. i yeah. mean i do it's weird because like i'm scared about kyler murray but i also feel like zach Ertz could have a big day so it's, right. the two things do seem like there's it couldn't both be true, but it they could actually be true. I mean, I think that getting the the ball to the wide receivers, uh, especially when you're talking about Darius Slay, you know, I think it's it's going to be a problem. Uh, no, definitely. And, yeah, I think. Know, and if Marquise Brown doesn't go, then I really don't like the, the chances <laughs> yeah. of Kyler Murray getting the ball to his wide receivers very much. You know, he would I need to do a lot of the damage. Right, a hundred percent. You know. Yeah, they, they they he he would need to get a lot of his points on on the ground and have like a rushing touchdown or two to really make up for for what's lost in in, in the passing game. Uh, so yeah, I mean he seems to be like just kind of a chalky start, but it's it's just one of these situations like because of the matchup you, you just don't feel great about it. Uh, so if you can go another direction, I th- I think you absolutely can. So I'm with you there. Um, then to, to to finish off the the group of games here, we have the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams running game just continues to look uh, mostly ugly. Um, Allen Robinson, we're, we're still trying to see where on earth he is. It's just so I, I really wish he could. I, I mean, it's like Stafford just like does not have eyes for him. He just he only looks to Cup. He only looks to uh, Higby. It's just it's just insane. Um, I mean, you you got to believe in the talent, but you cannot put him in a starting lineup right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and even like Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, uh, don't know if I can really trust them either at this point. You you feel a- any sort of way uh, between the two of those? Um, I I would do my best to stay away from them. You know, honestly, uh, you know, Henderson is 
still kind of borderline there for me right now. But Akers, his usage, his usage has been hard to, you know, understand right now. And so I don't know what – I don't know if it's that he's still recovering from the injury. I don't know if they don't trust him in certain game situations, you know. But, I mean, he have like a 15 – rush attempt week and then what did he have like eight against san francisco so i mean where are they at with him i understand they were kind of trailing you know for a good portion of that game but it's still it's just i can't there's no way i can put kim Akers into a lineup with confidence at this point yeah i think outside of cup and higby it, it's it's looking pretty iffy if i can really start um uh, anyone else from that offense, and even like Stafford, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, he's been very disappointed as well. Start Stafford in, in a one right. QB league. I do not want to start Matt Stafford, and I know that you know you probably drafted him to be your starter. I mean, yeah. you unquestionably drafted him to be your starter, but I don't know that you can right now. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I could conceivably start over Matt Stafford right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because he just really lacks like that rushing upside, he just has to be a tremendous passer to make up for, for that deficiency. And it just isn't happening right now. So it's just really, you're, I mean, you're just talking like a very little amount of upside and you're just not doing yourself any favors. Now, if we can see, you know, Allen Robinson get more involved and Stafford's getting back to throwing like three touchdowns a game, that's a different story, but he's not even sure. close. Well, it was pretty bad this past Sunday is the first uh, game that he's played for the Rams that he didn't throw a touchdown. And Crazy. So, you know, I mean, it just looks it looks rough right now. And I mean, like, I would literally start Geno Smith over Matt Stafford if I had that option. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it, it makes you it makes you sick to say that kind of it's thing. It's weird but, to say that, but it, it's it where true. I'm at. It's I, I, there's nothing I can really point to to argue against that statement. You know what I mean? It's it's very fair, you know, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so outside of Cup and Higby uh, not looking great at this moment uh, for the Rams, uh, for like starting options for, for fantasy. Then with the Dallas Cowboys, um, the, the, the Cooper Rush uh, surge continues. It, it's pretty remarkable to see. It, it's a pretty cool uh, story, despite you know not having Dak on the field. Um, CD Lamb, I'm still starting. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I'm still a little iffy on. I want to see him be on the field more and just get incorporated more. You know, coming off of that little short term uh, knee injury, but hopefully that that doesn't linger because he could he could be just a really nice volume kind of a playmaker for them, but just isn't happening right now. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think is an interesting guy to take a look at here. Um, definitely good to have on your roster. Uh, I'm not sure if I would feel supremely confident with him as a starter until like the bye weeks, unless you feel differently. Uh, where are you at with Michael Gallup? No, I'm, I'm, I am basically with you there, but I think that that's an interesting name to go look for in your leagues. You know, it, it is possible that maybe he's not on a team, you know, depending on how deep your league is or whatever. So uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of potential for Gallup for the rest of the season. So he's a guy I would 100% get on my roster if I had any opportunity to do that. Uh, Cooper Rush is a sneaky super flex play for me this week. You know, I mean, I like it. Yeah. It's not like, it's not one that I like am pounding the table for, but, you know, it's not the worst. It's definitely not the worst. He's actually been putting up for some respectable fantasy numbers. So, uh, so yeah, I could, I can imagine that being a play 
Uh, just to hit on what you were saying about Dalton Schultz, it's kind of frustrating me because I felt like he was kind of that solid tier below the elite, you know, the elite mm-hmm. tight ends, you know, that he was kind of in the That's right. top the upper end of that next tier down. I thought he'd be fairly dependable for you. And that certainly hasn't been the case. I mean, it is uh, largely injury related as you, as you mentioned, but, but yeah, he hasn't been getting the results that I had anticipated. Definitely. Yeah. And then uh, basically the last thing to basically touch on here is like Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I still am a little hesitant against like the, the Rams defense as far as like Ezekiel Elliott's concerned. I still think he is still just a touchdown dependent kind of a fantasy asset. Um, again, he he's in my he's on my Scott Fishbowl team, so he'll probably be someone that I'm going to have to be ever that I'm going to have to be starting there. Uh, I'm probably not going to like it. Um Right. Would you feel more confident starting him, or are you just kind of like eh about it all? Is he kind of like an if you must type? This, it's yeah, it's an if you must for sure. I mean, this matchup is just difficult. You know, there's yeah. I don't want to I don't want to start any running backs against the Rams when I have a a chance to avoid it. So yeah, I mean, it's not it's not favorable. It's not a favorable matchup in any way. But I can see how you know. It, you probably drafted Zeke, you know, reasonably high. I'm, he certainly didn't go as high as he has been in years past. But at the same time, I mean, you drafted him with the intention that you're going to start him. So it might feel yeah. scary or hard to get away from him. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is quite possibly his worst matchup of the whole year, like, to be frank. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Tony Pollard, uh, another one of these like zero RB like darling types. Uh, totally. Obviously, if you if you if you drafted that way, you're you're kind of <laughs> you kind of have to use him, exactly. right? Um, and just hope he like catches a a few more passes and then what he has in the last couple of weeks. But um, a very much a borderline start. Definitely someone I'm not hoping <laughs> I need to start at this point. He's definitely more of like a. <clears throat> excuse me, more of like a bi-week uh, fill-in type, uh, you know, if, if I could help yeah. it. But um, yeah, I mean, he he obviously has all the ability in the world. It's all the potential in the world. It's just kind of yucky just, just with, 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 with Zeke in front of him and just in general against the against the Rams. So I don't know, you might just want to like hold your nose and then throw him in there. But uh, tempered expectations uh, for sure. I mean, PPR leagues is a little bit different, but um yeah, it's still kind of iffy at best, even there. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a lot of separation between him and Zeke. I mean, these are both guys that, like, I'm putting in my flex if I feel like I have to. Uh, I'm doing it with low confidence on either player. So, uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good that's way of putting it. It is, I guess. <laughs> For sure, for sure. All right, well that that wraps up the the week five slates. Uh, I just want to thank uh, I just want to thank uh, Dave for for coming on again here. Please follow him at Dave uh, Fantasy. You you will not be uh, uh, disappointed by him or his content that he puts out. So why don't you just remind everyone all the things that that you got working on uh, here this this year, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it you know you can find everything that I do if you do follow me on Twitter at Dave Fantasy. But I am writing a weekly column for In Between Media. Uh, that's in dash betweenmedia.com. and so you can find that. If, that's every Wednesday. I 
incorporate my lifestyle advice with a parenting spin, you know, because I am a father of, of twin girls. And I give you deep league starts for when you're when you're hurting in your 16 plus team leagues. Uh, and then every Sunday night, I write a recap that gets published early Monday morning for four for four fantasy football. It's just a, a recap of the things that the notable things that happened the Sunday before. It is one of the free articles on the site, so you do not have to have a subscription to read it. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. You can read some of my biggest takeaways from Sunday. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal site, obviously. And then they got themselves a good one uh, for sure. But um, yeah, I I really can't state enough how how big of a fan I am of of just the uh, in between media team and all their content in general, I always get a lot out of not only the, the great advice, but just like the lifestyle stuff. I just find completely fascinating that that keeps me coming back. So glad to have another one of the team uh, on the show. Of course, we've had Seth and Scott and Joe Griffin, and now we have at Dave Fantasy on from that amazing crew. So Dave, once again, I appreciate you for, for coming on. Um, Best of luck with, with, with all your teams this week and uh, and best of luck to, to, to the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. Hopefully he can survive uh, the next uh, few weeks here. Uh, but yeah, appreciate you coming on and I appreciate all your insight. It was fantastic. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Steve. I had a good time. Of course. Yeah. All right. So I'm Steve. That's Dave. Thanks for listening and uh, keep climbing, everybody. <laughs>